Well, I think the questioner hit the nail on the head. As I travel around the country, people have an urgent desire for change in Washington. We're going to have to see fundamental change. You speak out powerfully for change. We are united for change. I love change. What we need is somebody who can deliver change. Real change, big change, bold change. Washington has to change. What will occur every time he speaks out for change? Can I talk change with you every time I fight for change? For 25 years, I brought change. You are the candidate of change. Change is a concept. I have been an agent of change. I embody change. Not only can I talk change with you, I've lived it. Both of us are powerful voices for change. Making change. You bring about change. 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 Don't want to be a richer man. We're going to have to have a different map. Time may change. Me. But I can't trace the time. Time may change. Me. But I can't trace the time. seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of January in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 uh, Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It is uh, Wednesday and welcome to Day 12. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, uh, Oregon. This is the uh, Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. I want to thank uh, our man Chris Sneedon for sending that video my way. I don't know, who, I don't know who made it or where he originally found it. It's on the YouTube somewhere. It's even if you go to onthevig.com, uh, O-N-T-H-E-V-I-G, onthevig.com, you can see the uh, you can see the actual YouTube video that goes along with that. Somebody clearly. Looked like a lot of time on their hands put that together. So, uh, Chris Needham, who also did distill down the essential flaw of the Rudy Giuliani campaign into one fantastic paragraph, uh, right, which I will read here in just a few. It really is satisfying just to see things implode. I, you know, here's the thing we all knew that Giuliani was going to drop out. Did you see his uh, concessions? I'm sorry, his uh, recap speech last night? I did not know. Oh, man, it was so great and sad. It was, it was really just sort of. Where he walks out on the stage and just, it, 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 it was sort of like uh, the portrait of Dorian Gray or sort of turning into a pumpkin at midnight. You know what I mean? Where all of a sudden, like all of the vileness inside his head just caught up with him and he just walked out and just sort of a hunched over kind of, who was that guy in the Charlie the Chocolate Factory, Mr. Slugworth? Or Mr. Prodnose, or whoever it was that ran the competing candy company? And was just all kind of bent over like an Edward Gorey cartoon? So Giuliani came out on stage last night looking about 500 years old and covered in wrinkles and liver spots. And uh, anyway, so it, we've distilled it all down into one paragraph here from Chris Needham that we will uh, read here in his lap. All right. Uh, anyway, hello. It's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970. Uh, uh, 503-733-2970. If your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your what have you. 
uh, Richie Bristol back from the brink of death today. I asked Richie what he if he felt better today, and he said kind of. And I said, "Well, what'd you do yesterday?" He goes, "I just laid in my bed and sweated all day." <laughs> Which is great and terrible. And then today, he's a, he's turned into Scarlett O'Hara, because today he's not sweating. Today he's glistening. We were in the kitchen. Uh, myself and Sarah and Tim were all in the kitchen talking to Eric, the vending machine guy. And Richie sort of staggers in. And you can tell it's a bad day for him because his hair clearly hasn't been touched since he went to bed last night. And Richie is a man of his hair. He likes his hair. He takes a lot of care of it. It's all just mashed down. It's sort of inextricably linked with his forehead right now. But he came to the kitchen, and he, then he just he started just rubbing his hands over his forehead, and I thought maybe he was trying to wake up or he had you know, sleep in his eyes or something. And I said, I said, what are you doing? Why, what's happening? He goes, I don't know. I'm just glistening a lot. He says everything he says today, he says in that voice that he uses at the end of that Pimp Squad video where he's about to hurl in the phone booth. I need a napkin. <laughs> Which is great. Ah, oh, I love us. All right. Uh, anyway, so if you'd like to talk to Richard today, make sure that you speak in a very, very loud voice and talk really rapidly. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You want to uh, get on board with your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the, the hugeness of John Edwards' head. Um, anyway, it's 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent uh, Lisa Desjardins will join us from Washington, D.C. We had to lie and say it's about the economic stimulus package, which I don't understand and don't care about. Uh, I do care about the Florida primary, which happened last night, which was pretty fantastic. And then the debate is tonight, right? The Republican debate at the Ronald Reagan Library or the Reagan Reeducation Center or whatever that thing is. In Simi Valley. Simi Valley. Like they could find a more appropriate place to have the Republican debate. It's it's like the top of a mountaintop. <laughs> well, it's, it's a long, winding road. It's beautiful. Because it's Mecca. I mean, the Ronald Reagan, and I'm not trying to be a little Republicans. I'm really not. But, I mean, you have to admit that. For Republicans, really, I'm telling you this. Here's, here's, a thing you, here's an essential truth you need to know. If you come back to planet Earth in 200 years, there will be huge granite statues of Ronald Reagan everywhere, and people will sacrifice their babies unto the statue. It'll be like Joseph Smith. I mean, and I'm not trying to knock Mormons, but really, any over the course of the last, whatever, 140 years or something, statues of Joseph Smith have gotten, I mean, physically speaking, have gotten bigger and larger with every passing year, to the point now that if you go to the, um, whatever that building is that's next to the Mormon temple, you walk in and there's a statue of Joseph Smith where he really, I mean, it's massive. He really looks like, um, what is that alien in the day the earth stood still? The one that says, uh, Klatu Varatu Niktu? The alien Gort, or whatever oh, yeah, his name yeah. is. I can't think of his name, but I know who he is. Maybe it's not Gort. Sounds like the name of an alien, though. Whatever. That's what the Joseph Smith statue looks like. I mean, he's massive. Um, so, but, you know, this is, when, when someone dies, they pass into the realm of legend, and uh, then they become bigger and, you know, whatever. So it is with Ronald Reagan. I mean, that guy's not even been dead five years, and it's like he, it's like he can heal lepers. So they're going to be having the Republican um, debate at the Ronald Reagan Library tonight, hosted by Anderson Cooper. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, I saw Anderson Cooper at the in, in, prepping in the hall where they're going to have the debate. It was so weird because, like, in the background is a helicopter, and I don't know why that's there. Why is there a he Tim? Why is there a helicopter? In the, except, no, no, no. You know, it wasn't a helicopter. It was Air Force One. 
oh. in the background. That at, would be different. Yes, it was. Not a helicopter so much as it is an airplane. Uh, but I guess it must have been the Air Force One that Reagan himself used. Yes. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, so that's the night. And well, they have Nancy Reagan's uh, red station wagon there, too. Nancy Reagan's bones. She's dead, right? No. Are you sure? I'm absolutely I positive. swear to God, Nancy Reagan died last year. No, I just saw her at uh, that uh, president's funeral. Nobody knows about a Ford's funeral. Was it Jane Wyatt Wyman Zenenstein who died last year? Didn't well, was they're both it, dead. Is it Reagan's first wife that died yeah. last year? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in any event, Lisa Desjardins will join us today to talk about uh, Rudy Giuliani slumping his way off stage, following in the sad footsteps of Fred uh, Thompson. Uh, John Edwards quit this morning. I didn't see that coming. I really didn't. I thought he'd stick around for Super Tuesday, but no, he's gone. Um, throwing his hypno-toad-like support uh, behind Obama, undoubtedly. Uh, let's see, what else? Jim Roop will join us from uh, Los Angeles. We'll talk about the debate coming up tonight. Steve Kathamon is going to talk about this creepy Heath Ledger thing that's happening, where I don't even really know all the details about this. Except that some guy in the immediate aftermath of in the immediate aftermath of Heath Ledger's demise, some guy started pretending to be Heath Ledger's dad and calling a bunch of people on the phone and saying like, "Hey, hello, mate. Good day. I'm Heath Ledger's dad. Hello." And I guess among the two people, and I'm sure there's nothing connecting these individuals, among the people he called were John Travolta and Tom Cruise. <laughs> So it's all very strange. Is strange. It isn't it strange? Mm-hmm. I wrote a huge conspiracy theory on my blog last night, Tim. Did you? Yes. I, I called Rick yet. and I was free. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, she called me. I have to. Have to, have to Jim, you see this thing about Heath Ledger? Why would he call Tom Cruise and John Travolta? Now I'm going to have to read it. Yes. So uh, anyway, we'll talk to Steve Castlemum about that. Uh, Mr. Skin going to be joining us today at uh, 1:30 or so. I'll play this. Um, it's not that funny, but it's sort of moderately amusing. This thing that uh, Mitt Romney said yesterday. Uh, the funny thing about Mitt Romney is when he was out there, get, you know, taking his second play, taking his silver medal, is he had his, uh, you know, his weird blonde Mormon wife come out and uh, and the funny thing is when you see spouses speaking, uh, and this is true for Bill Clinton too, so it's not just a sexism thing. When you see the spouse of a presidential candidate speaking, the funny part is not to watch them, watch the candidate who is just sitting there staring at them, clenching their teeth, hoping they don't f up and say something that's going to make the campaign look retarded. So the entire time that whatever, whatever her name is, Mrs. Romney, uh, whatever, what is Mrs. Romney? What is Miss Romney's wife's name? What is Miss Romney's wife's name? Miss <laughs> Mitt Romney, whatever. His, I can't speak today. Mitt Romney's wife is named blah blah blah. Whatever. Clara. Ezekiel. So uh, yeah, Clara. <laughs> Madge. Uh, so when she's up there speaking, Mitt Romney is just standing there staring at her with just the beadiest, tiniest, most intense eyes, just hoping that she doesn't put her foot at it somehow and say something that we're going to make fun of the next day. Uh, instead, he actually said something we'll make fun of. So we'll get to that here in a while. Uh, let's see. Uh, some small notes to get you. A triple geek watch today. I said that over there. Triple geek watch. Um, and also... Clergy Watch, I think. We'll get to uh, those as well. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. I'm reading Sarah X. Dillon's blog. And everyone should go to uh, Sarah X. Dillon's blog. Sarah, Sarah Dillon's uh, speculation yeah. on the, uh, the Heath just, Ledger just business. Just a hypothesis. A sinkhole on Powell swallows the city truck. Three punks are arrested after breaking a man's nose, beating up a kid, knocking off somebody's glasses, stealing a cell phone, a $4 marker, and another cell phone at the Willow Creek Transit Center. 200 chickens are killed in a Eugene crash. 
Rudy Giuliani and John Edwards throw in the towel to their presidential dreams. John McCain vows to finish off Romney real soon. <laughs> Murray Osmond hopes to follow it up for his footsteps by launching a daily chat show. Uh-huh. Forbes magazine names Madonna as the richest girl performer in the world. And Nancy Cartwright gives $10 million to Scientology. Gives. Um, anyway, so uh, speaking of that, by the way, speaking of Marie Osmond, that makes me think of crazy, which reminds me, I'm glad you said that. Hold on. Romney's speech. And then I've got this, uh, it's not terribly interesting, but i got some Britney Spears audio uh, that we'll play. It's not, it's not that interesting. It's just, it's just something to play because I want to make a little comment about it. Because I, I really have, it's just more of her talking in a retarded British accent, but at length this time. And the reason I have it is it's different than some of the other Britney audio because typically... When you hear Britney sound, it, she's in a jostle of, of photographers. It's like her, and it's like a thousand guys shouting questions, and all you hear is flash bulbs. And it's like her being rustled from, it, basically, uh, sort of, um, you know, like Secret Service style, her being rushed from one door to another door, like being taken from the car to the hotel, or from the house to the spa. This is like she's sitting at a red light, I think, and she's got the window down, and a photographer comes up, and he's like... And he's a British guy, and he, and, which, of course, makes it worse, right? Because he's British, so she figures she's talking to a brother. And so he says, hello, Brittany, what, what's up? And then she just talks to him for like 90 seconds in the, the most irritating British accent you've ever heard. And I, I really have isolated down that that's the thing that I hate her the most for. Not With the British accent? Yeah, not locking herself in the bathroom, not shaving her head, not going outside with her period panties on, not, you know, having the weird bruise on her kid. Uh, not not being dumb and skanky. It's the British accent. That really is the thing that has made me hate her the most. I don't know why. And I would guess if you polled people, not not the majority, but I guess probably 25 to 30% of people would say that British accent she uses makes them furious. I don't really know why. I couldn't explain it if you, if you put a gun to my head. But I would imagine that a lot of people, if you have one of those focus groups where you sit in a room with a dial and you watch the show and you turn the dial up if you like it and down if you don't like it. If you put Britney Spears on the screen just talking like her normal hick self and then you switch to her talking in that fake British accent while wearing a bad pink wig, I think like the hate would go spike. Like the hate dials would be turned to 10. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I have some pathology where she talks in that British voice and I just want to beat her with a crowbar. And I'm not ashamed of it. All right. Uh... Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. Hello. I was bowling last night. I am. Uh-huh. Uh, I bowled a 111. So you're trending upward. I sure am. You know, if we were in radio, going from a, one, a, a bowling 108 to 111, if we were in radio, we wouldn't say you went up by three points. We'd say that you had like a, like a 19% growth or whatever that would be. So, um, well done. Yeah, Congratulations. It, was, it was very fun. I'm really starting to like bowling, actually. Yeah, I mean, bowling can sort of be enjoyable, but first of all, I bowl all wrong. Like, I bowl uh, overhand. I don't mean I throw the ball. But, I mean, I don't have my palm facing the pins. I bowl with my um, with the back of my hand facing the pins, and I throw it like that. That's which, all fancy, like. Well, you're not supposed to do it, and I think, it, I think it'll, like, tear out your rotator cuff. Yeah, that sounds like it's <laughs> probably not a good thing. Because every morning I'm like, oh, I can't move my arm. So I don't think you're supposed to do that. So that's why I don't bowl anymore. And then, yeah, I just drank beer out of bowling pins. Those big bowling pin beers, have you seen those? No, no, I haven't. Oh, is and that then, like the football beer in Vegas? Yeah, except okay. yeah, they're shaped like bowling pins. And I realized what a guy I was because I didn't realize until halfway through the night that I was the only girl on both of the teams. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. So you're saying that because you didn't notice that you were the no, only woman there because you all, are essentially a guy. And they're all, yeah, exactly. And they're all talking about gross stuff, and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I, I cease to be female any well, longer. Well, uh, I've got this email from Aaron, oh, who no. was bowling last night. Subject line, holy crap, bowling. Uh, he said, first, good time. I didn't go, by the way, but he says, first, that good time. That was times. the funnest night I've had bowling was last night. It was really fun. Well, I'll probably be there next week because Laura will be back. Oh, cool. Uh, he says, second, here's a creepy thing. Second, he says, I think my uh, ball, I, his bowling ball, I think is what he's talking about here. When he says, I think my ball has some crud on it. I'm assuming that's the bowling ball. Ew. I think my ball had some crud on it that I've only now detected. Why? Because my right thumb is swelled to double size and it's got an unsettling numbness. <laughs> There was a blowfish or something hidden inside the bowling ball. Um, but then the email just becomes weird. So, again, this is the, 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 the bowling league that Sarah and Aaron and some other folks from the station were on last night. I wasn't there, but the email becomes then unfolding layers of strange. How about this? So Aaron says, my thumb is all swollen up and I've got an unsettling numbness. Don't worry about it. It's probably just MS. Uh, he says, maybe this is my punishment for unintentionally C-blocking you, Sarah. What? I'm assuming it's directed to you. I wasn't there. I don't know what Aaron would mean when he was talking about C-blocking. I think Aaron, Aaron, I think, was trying to play the part of the gay friend last night and, like, trying to... Like, he was all like, do you think he's cute? I think that he's... I'm like, I don't... To what, to what end? To, um, no, there's some guys, like, my age around there, and he's just like, no, and he just kept... Was trying, was he matchmaker, matchmaker, totally. make me a and match? He was, and he was being progressively more drunk, and he's standing on one side of me, and there's this other guy... Sarah, sure, you should goes, totally do that guy! And he's like, I think that guy is really into you, sir. I'm like, will you stop? I mean, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> We're just all bowling together. Excellent. Well, there you go. So he doesn't see it that way. He sees it as, quote, unintentionally C-blocking you last night. I don't night. think he could see anything last night. <laughs> look at look at you. That was funny. That was really funny what you just said. Yeah. Um, anyway, and no, then... No, I finally had to tell him. I'm just like, yes. I'm like, yes, this guy's really hot. Uh, you're ruining my chance. Because Aaron was getting progressively more drunk and like, hey, he thinks you're really cute. I don't know. I think you should talk. And meanwhile, there's literally... Aaron, then me, and this guy is standing like two inches of away course. from me. Of course, that's the thing where Aaron sometimes, I love Aaron, but Aaron, when he's drunk, thinks, you know how some guys think they're funny when they're drunk? This isn't the case. Aaron is funny. It's that Aaron thinks he is quiet when he's drunk. Totally. Aaron, so anyway, you should hump that guy. And the guy's like standing right there. Yeah, you know, and it's like somebody yeah. else in the media, and I'm like, Aaron, totally. can you please just, you know. You from the Rick Emerson show, CBS, should go hump that guy. Woo! You know, yeah, he, Aaron doesn't understand that his voice is like three inches away from the ear of the guy he's talking about. Uh, but then he... Then he's like, he can't hear me. <laughs> I'm invisible <laughs> and funny. Uh, then the email just becomes weird, though. He recreates some phrase you have where you apparently discussed with Aaron the fact that you had a large member, and, uh, you know. And that the, was one of the guys. Yeah. And I guess he, apparently, apparently some say you used to grab your crotch and discuss the size of your male member. I did not. I would never grab my crotch. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just reading that in the Yeah, email. I think you probably are, because well, that's not something I would do. I've got a huge blank. He quotes you as saying, I've got a huge blank, which is the male member. Um, and the. I don't see anything about grabbing. Uh, I guess it's not. Maybe I'm just maybe in my head. That's how I see. Maybe I'm just seeing you as like a. I think we should just end this conversation because this is not going well. Let's just move forward. I think what I discussed it though, I just it's like I see you in full on Major League Baseball mode where you're like spitting and then like like a scratch. All right. Um. So let's see what else. Um. So there's that. There's well, let me just read that. We got uh, calls to calls to get to here in a second. Um. 
I'm already getting email about your uh, your conspiracy theory. So I think you're onto something here. Uh, all right, so I've got this. I'm just going to read this this one summation about the Giuliani thing, and then we'll talk more about it with Lisa later on in the hour. Uh, this is from uh, Chris Sneathan. He says, um, I'm watching Rudy's concession speech right now. What ultimately did in Rudy Giuliani is the fact that he just hates people. They give him hives. He couldn't stand talking to voters one-on-one -on -one in Iowa or New Hampshire, which is what you have to do to win. So he just left and hoped things would work out for him in Florida, where all he had to do was stay home and run TV ads. Uh, and he says, now, if I had it to do over again, but that's not true. If he had it to do over again, he probably wouldn't ever have uh, entered. Uh, and then uh, blah, 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 blah. And, of course, the Republicans all hate the idea that the candidate is going to be McCain. Um, but, but between now and the convention, there's just nobody that can finish him off. It is, it is McCain who will be doing the finishing him off. Uh, 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 Mortal Kombat style. Uh, all right. Let's see. Other great moments from last night. Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, and I understand what he was trying to say when he said this. I know that Wolf Blitzer was speaking sort of um, figuratively or euphemistically. But there was this, I wish I'd been running tape on this, this great moment where Wolf McCain, uh, Wolf McCain, Wolf Blitzer referred to Rudy Giuliani's quote, a big loser tonight, <laughs> which is really great. And I understand that he's talking votes and delegates, but uh, let's see. What else? Oh, and Mike Huckabee clearly hates Mitt Romney with just like the, the passion of a thousand supernovas. So that's, you get the feeling that if he could, if he could just like shiv him in the shower and get away with it, that he absolutely would do that. Uh, all right, who are these people here? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, governor. Don't, is it me? Don't do that. <laughs> don't ever do that. Word has it on the wireless that you're not uh, having an affinity for the fake British accent. Is that right? See, we, here's the thing. We typically don't allow funny voices on the show, but this one sort of works for me. I think everybody me. should call in fake British Please, accents Please, no, today. no, there's no. British, there's an old I British swear to God. Brother, old British pop brother goes, better untop than ill top. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, every day, of course, you are able to fake like you can do a radio show. <laughs> okay, oh, that's well, funny. Uh, off to the like Mrs. Ship, Featherbottom. Off to the, off to the publishing ship, I'm Bob Junkle. That the, the accent just kind of went to crap at, well, at, at the, the end. Well, at the end, it sort of became like, Catherine oh, Hepburn. Oh, oh, oh. At the end, it was just sort of, oh, you old poop. Like, it just sort of de devolved. I think we should do oh. some contesting today with the best fake British accent. I just I Best being a relative term, I suppose. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Oh, I was bracing myself there. Yes? Okay, well, uh... I know that uh, Sarah likes macaroni and cheese. Oh, God. Yes? Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you buy a banquet, uh, uh, macaroni and cheese, you get a free uh, line of bowling. It's right at the back of the box. I'm catching about every fifth word here. If you buy a what, you get a what for what? Well, it doesn't matter what you buy. It, 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 it's bank. <laughs> I think it's if you buy some kind of macaroni and cheese. He, he didn't even have the energy to, to sustain, like, speech. See, I'm just a craft oh, macaroni and cheese, bro. Well, you know what you've introduced me to, Sarah? You broadened my horizons. Is that Easy Mac? I know. No, I no, just no. had one this morning. I had to wean myself off of it. This is my second one I've had all year. Here's the thing about that Easy Mac. I didn't think it would be any good. Now, he, now hear me out on this. I love box macaroni and cheese of all varieties. Craft. I like the Safeway white cheddar kind. I like the Annie's kind, although it's kind of expensive. Uh, I love trashy boxed macaroni and cheese. And here's how trashy I am. I, 99 times out of 99 times, will take boxed macaroni and cheese over the homemade kind. And I know that that's a terrible thing to say, and if you're from the South, I'm offending you. But I'm that's, totally there with you. You know what? I know that there's such a thing as good homemade oven-baked macaroni. Don't care. Don't want it. Don't like it. Do not want uh, I'm a big fan of the you know, cheese packet. So I didn't think the Easy Mac would be any good. 
I guess because I didn't get the concept. But that Easy Mac really is good. It is the it is the Maruchan noodles uh, of the macaroni world. It's it's pretty fantastic. It's amazing. I've had to like make sure that I don't just eat that every I single day for every meal. I've had one. I've had two of them this month because I had to stop because I was eating them like every day last Oof. last and, year. And you, you know that macaroni and cheese is like death in a box. Yeah. It is so bad for you. This is one of those conversations that Tim can be smug about because he knows that it doesn't affect him at all. It's, it, think about how much sodium, first of all, is in one of those cheese packets. I mean, that's heart-stopping sodium. You, oh, I mean, I've told you this before. You know, I will actually sometimes sit down and eat two complete boxes of, of Kraft macaroni in one See, sitting. You know what? I found you can get the, if you get the spiral macaroni and cheese, uh-huh. it has like half of the calories. Really? Is it and as filling? And you can eat the entire box, and it's as filling. Do you know how much? You know how many calories are in two boxes of macaroni, which I have eaten from time to time. 960. Oh, no, it's way, it's more than, it literally is like 1,800 oh, calories. Oh, do you prepare it with, like, butter and everything, too? Uh, I don't use butter, I use olive oil. Okay. I've moved off of butter, but I use olive oil for that. How sad that I'm trying to make it all upscale. But, um, anyway, so, but I went over to the plaid pantry this morning, which is a whole separate discussion that we probably won't get into here. Let me just say this. Was Tippy over there? T- Tippy. No, but her friend was. You mean Tabby? Yes. Tabby, the girl that Tim Ryan uh, spent social time with. Who I have heard from the woman who's working this morning that she's... Uh, not too happy with Tabby. Jimmy. Well, we don't maybe know. she has a new gentleman. Caller. Well, she should know. Well, my... like, you don't like mess around with some guy who's in a thing called a pimp squad. <laughs> Seriously, and expect that it's going to turn out well. I thought he'd be it's a class not. act. Um, so but she does seem like a nice girl. You have you, Tabby? Have you met her? No, but when she called that day, she, she seemed like a seem very. Spirit. She seemed very bubbly. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. Now, Sarah went over to the plaid pantry this morning, and there's another woman whose name I actually don't know. I kind of feel bad about that. Who works in the morning? And I guess the woman's like, yeah, that Tabby's all pissed off about Timmy Ryan talking about her on the radio. And, you know, I want to say, for the record, Tabby, if you're listening, Rick Emerson never said anything bad about Mm-mm. you. Rick Emerson's a big fan of... Now, granted, the only photo I saw was a dimly lit, blurry cell phone picture, but you did seem very easy on the eyes. That's my opinion, anyway. So, all I'm saying is, not paying everybody with the same broad brush. So... But so Sarah goes over this morning, and apparently it was all awkward because the woman behind the counter just wanted to talk about well, how pissed off Tabby was at Timmy Ryan. Yeah, but she said Tim, uh, Tabby was pissed, and then she kind of looked at me, and she's like, oh, you're Sarah. I'm like, yeah. did I do something wrong? I went over later. She seemed very pleasant. Okay. I don't think she's, you know what? I think she's fine with the whole thing. I think she's above it, that woman who works there in the morning. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, oh, and Tim and I are wearing almost exactly the same shirt today, so let's not mention it anymore, shall we? <laughs> by the way, this shirt I'm wearing is A, a little wrinkly, and B, I've been told by about three different people today that if you get too close to it, it becomes an optical illusion, which did kind of happen to me last night when I was ironing it. It's a stri- It's a blue and white striped shirt. I was ironing it, and at a certain point, you lose your depth perception with it. It seems a little too short and wide. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's got these stripes, and if you get too close to it, it does become like an Escher painting, and your eyes you lose focus. Hurting. It, see, that's what I mean. If you look at this shirt, it hurts your eyes. So Tim does the same thing. So at some point, Tim and I are going to stand next to each other and block your field of vision, just to see if we can make it throw up. You're crazy, Rick Emerson. I know, I'm out of control. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, uh, yeah I have uh, four things. Uh, one, totally agree with you about uh, giving Brady just a serious beat down. I mean, I, I, just, I could beat her with just like the, the big salmon. And, uh, <laughs> Excellent. I'd pay for that. Secondly, uh, what would be so great is if her accent, that British accent, devolved into like a uh, uh, the the uh, what the hell's her name? The the uh, uh, the My Fair Lady uh, Pygmalion chick. Uh, you know where it's where it's just like the most horrible, unrecognizable Cockney. That that would be hilarious. And then uh, so we we can all hope for that. And then okay. second, or uh, thirdly, uh, macaroni and cheese. You know, it was the best one. I ate this uh, almost exclusively uh, back in college. Was Mission, not Kraft, 
Mission macaroni and cheese. Have you guys? Uh, I don't think that? I've had Mission. It was to me. It was my wife and I have this argument all the time because uh, she, uh, you know, subsists on on uh, yeah. I know it's a higher order conversation. Craft uh, macaroni and cheese, but the Mission stuff was creamier. And then uh, spring now, it, of, let me ask you now that Mission yeah. crab, that Mission macaroni and cheese though, that wasn't like a powdered cheese packet though. That was actually yeah. like a liquid cheese, wasn't no, 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 it? No, 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 that was powdered. Okay, okay. no, that was that was big. I don't want any liquid cheese. No, 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 yeah, definitely right. powdered. Okay. Powder is way more right. healthy. And okay. then on uh, Steve Byrne, stand-up comedian, he's a uh, he's Korean American, something like that. Freaking hilarious. Okay, you, you can find him. He does a little bit about macaroni and cheese where it's just it's it's really sick he talks about the great sound that stirring the macaroni and cheese makes oh uh, like a yeah. you know yeah. sort of sound it's oh, no. all nasty but it's freaking great all right thank you, you sir. Go. god right. bless you who are the gods all right we have to break <clears throat> what i was hoping that the, ne- the the last two callers would all of a sudden just inadvertently start speaking Become british Tobias Fuke. hello i'm here about the ad for a house cleaner all right, back after this with Lisa Desjardins. Sure. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Just a moment. Lisa Desjardins uh, will be joining us. Let's see. Okay, here's what that guy was trying to say. The guy was trying to say that Banquet TV dinners have a coupon for a free lane of bowling. There you go. And I guess Banquet TV dinners, which I don't think I've ever had. You know, I'm trying to think of the last time I've had a TV dinner. I, I don't had think it's one been sitting right there. No, but, 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 but that doesn't count. I'm talking about like that's a frozen dinner. That's not the same thing. I think if we were to poll the average American, uh, and if we were to ask them what a TV dinner is, I think that's a frozen entree. I think there's a difference between a frozen entree and a TV dinner. I think a TV dinner absolutely requires probably not a foil tray because I don't think they do that anymore. But I think a TV dinner absolutely requires entree, vegetable dish, bad dessert that always burns, uh, often a brownie of some kind. Anyway. Uh, oh, my gosh. Remember that one day when we were looking for the Tobias? I'm sorry. This is totally off topic, but when we were looking for the Blue Man Group. Yes. You finally found it. Days after the fact, you found the sound clip we wanted. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> that never gets old. The thing is, there's no bad time to play there- that. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to find that one there's, thing. It's like there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. There's no wrong way to play that Tobias Club. Oh, my God! We're having a fire sale! Oh, the burning! It burns me! Evacuate all the school children! Oh, oh maybe This isn't a fever scene, Greg! Can't even see where the job is! And scene. I love that him. guy is so great. Really, I have to. It's almost better that the show was canceled just because it lives on as just this perfect idealized sort of thing in my head. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, I've watched season three over and over again, and it did not lose a single no. thing up until the last moment. Yep. No, it was it was it was really pretty great, and it, all of the television shows I love, uh, you know, that lasted for more than a few, like Buffy and The West Wing, and uh, you know, even old ones like The Twilight Zone. They all kind of lost their punch around season four or five. Arrested Development did. Although you said they might be doing a film, did you say that? No, I guess it's like an urban legend. Ah, uh, that sucks. I don't know. What the hell but is I mean, that? They have to. All right. Uh, let's see. What they else do we have here? It. Hey, uh, Richie, I don't want to get uh, backed up against Steve Castamon. Will you drop CNN a call and see what the deal is with Lisa? 
because we've got Steve coming up at 11.50. So I would just, uh, and his his thing is kind of important, too, so I would hate to, to kind of get screwed that way. I met somebody at the bowling alley last night who's just going through uh, Arrested Development now, and they're just at the end of season one. Oh. They get to watch it for the first time. Don't you envy that? Oh. Aren't you, when you meet somebody that's just like, oh, I'm about to start watching Arrested Development from the beginning, aren't you kind of jealous? Oh, I'm completely jealous. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching that movie once over the weekend, I was already... I, I was having that feeling as I watched the movie once, thinking, like, I will never again be able to see this film for the first time, which is sort of, a, you know, it's sort of a great, like, a, a great sort of poignant thing. Um, I got this thing about cheeseburger in a can, but there's really no time to get to it now. Also, we were talking about radio consultants before the program today. Um, for, Why would that be? Well, for reasons that it has not, it really honestly has nothing to do with us. So one of the other stations has a consultant in town today, and we were talking about radio consultants, but that then prompted... Two observations that I don't really have time to get to now, but I want to remember to talk about these later. A, and Tim's not here, so I can't ask him this, but have you gotten your, um, have you gotten an email telling you you've got to take that indecency test again? It would no, be in I your CBS email account. Was it recent? Here's the, they would have sent it out probably this week, but here's the thing. So it depends on when you took it the first time. So it was like there's a cutoff date. And if was you that took the it, racist one? No, 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 no. No, that was, this is the one about not saying mf -er on the radio. There's, you've taken three of them, probably. You've probably taken the one about not hitting reply all and sending, like, gay porn to Les Moonves. Okay. And then there's the one about, you know, don't say that all uh, Chinese waiters are from Ireland or whatever that thing was. And then there's the one about, like, can you or can you not, like, you know, like, use, use the C word, like, in morning drive. There was that one. The one about profanity. Mm -hmm. So that one, depending on when you took it the first time, you may have to take it again. Like, I have to take it again because I think I actually took it before you guys. I think it was some, some, some paperwork thing where I took it early. And so anyway, so blah, 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 blah. The point is I have to take it again uh, tomorrow. So, and it, it would actually, t and we'll talk to Lisa in like five seconds. It does tie in really well, though, because a guy had actually just called the show yesterday and was asking questions about the FCC and what they allow and what they don't allow. And by sheer coincidence, tomorrow morning or this afternoon, depending on how ahead of myself I get, I have to take the indecency test again. So I'll take it, and then uh, we'll do it on the air again tomorrow. We'll have a listener take the FCC indecency test tomorrow. Also, we've got this one sheet describing the radio station that the sales department has uh, given me. <laughs> I've got the actual sheet in my hand that the sales department takes out and shows to prospective clients, and it's horrifying. Uh, from Washington, D.C., let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Well, hello. How are you today? How's life? How are things? It's, it's wild. It's a little wild. Okay. I called the Giuliani thing like most people did, but I didn't call the Edwards thing. I didn't think. I woke up this morning and I had my television. Here's how lame I am. I walked into the living room and it was my TV was still blaring CNN from last night. And first thing I saw, da-da-da-da-da. Obama, you know, released a statement on dropout of, of John Edwards, which I didn't see coming. I really didn't. About it, I know. Did you see it coming? Did, was that anticipated that it would happen today? I really thought uh, Super Wednesday was going to be the day. Super Wednesday. <laughs> Poor Wednesday gets ignored. And Fabulous Thursday. <laughs> Fabulous Thursday, exactly. I'm going to come really up. Did. I am surprised that it came so early. And, of course, this raises all these questions. Why is he doing it now? Does it have to do with his wife? Is she really sick? And the truth is, we don't know why he decided to do it now. Maybe, uh, Maybe he it's wants to give. Maybe he can't possibly win. Somebody. Well, there's there's that. But that didn't seem to bother him before now. <laughs> you know? Well done. No offense to the senator. You know, it, you know, it really didn't look. Uh, after, you know, after, after New Hampshire, it, it was clear that it was uphill for him. 
but you know, it, it seemed like he was making a pretty smart move to try and hang on to these delegates and be a role at the convention, uh, and, and something has clearly changed his mind. Just yesterday, one of his top strategists told CNN that that was their plan, that they were going to try and get as many delegates as they could and be a factor, but in the last day, we're told that he made the decision in the last 24 hours, and we're not sure what made him change his mind or, or made up his yeah. mind at this point. Well, I like John Edwards. I really do. He seems like a good guy. Uh, you know, and, and I once said, I said back in 2004, I think, uh, I said that I thought he would be president someday, not anytime soon, but I thought he would be president. And I, I still believe there's a better than even chance that'll happen. I I really do feel like he's just, he does have some sort of weird era, uh, era uh, aura, air of uh, predestiny about him. I, I do think that he is destined to become very successful in American politics, but not not this year, obviously. Um, a couple things. Right, well, obviously, likely now, yeah. Let me just tell you this. So Giuliani had that... Um, I know Giuliani, the poor guy, completely eclipsed now. I mean, it's so weird that I mean he was he was the golden boy here, the heir apparent. Yeah. And I mean, last night he it he, was his to lose, and he did. Somebody really did uh, make a, a stellar observation yesterday when they said that he were, he was like when Bob Dole went after uh, went on Letterman after being routed by Bill Clinton, and suddenly Bob Dole was like funny and charming and hilarious once he like had lost. Yeah. And, and Giuliani last night was very personable, kind of funny, sort of folksy, <laughs> you know. But of course, it's after he had just been completely eviscerated. Yes. So, boy, you know, well, really, his, his speeches in Florida have been pretty good. I think he's had a good-natured sort of bent down there in Florida. But the problem was nobody was paying attention. I hate to say this, if he had listened to me, uh, this would have turned out differently, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because Giuliani had this one move he was doing that was really, really good, but just not focused. And that was where he had this piece of paper he would take out, and his whole shtick was, look, if you vote for me and if I'm in office, your, your tax form is going to be one page, one side, done. And he actually would take it out of his pocket and show it to people, and he'd say, look, this is what the Giuliani tax form will be, one page. But the problem is, it was like folded into eights and like ratty and sort of like dog-eared, like he'd been carried around in like an old sock. Um, if he had just taken a bunch of television ads out across the entire country and said, in a really, you know, in a Giuliani presidency, you know, we'll have lots of goals. We'll try to make this a better country. But here's the first thing we're going to do. Your tax form is going to be one side, one page, period. Americans like specifics and concrete. And if he right. had just focused on something like that, um, you know, as opposed to just these weird, like, amorphous sort of, well, whatever. Anyway, it's all academic. But there are going to be books written about this, obviously. He just so colossally blew what seemed to almost be his birthright at a, you know, at one time. So... Meanwhile, how about, you know, in about a half hour ago, the Federal Reserve cut interest rates again? How about that? How about that? You know, so now we've gone in four months, the Fed has cut interest rates uh, 2.5 percentage points, which is massive. It's more than, uh, let me see, it's, it's not quite half, but it's almost half. Well, and there's some, four months. I heard somebody talking about this today, that, uh, and now I guess there is a push on uh, to give a rebate check. To just there's a whole swath of like social security recipients too, right? Yeah, there's an issue there. They, it depends on who you ask, but there are some um, millions. We're not sure how many exactly of senior citizens who are low income, and they make they don't make enough income to pay taxes. They rely on social security, and uh, the House bill left them out. It was it was probably an oversight, uh, but now the Senate is trying to write them back in. And and you know it was one of those things. Well, well, if we're gonna 
open it up for those guys. Hey, what else, what else should we do? And, and so now the Senate, there's a lot of debate about other groups they may include. One uh, sect of the Senate, Republicans and Democrats, want more money for home heating bills to help people who are low income to pay for their heating this winter. Uh, there's other folks who say we need to build bridges and roads, and, and there's bigger discussions going on. And some people say uh, the income cap should be pushed up. It, it looks like that's not going to happen. And in the past few minutes, I just got an email saying they're going to keep that income cap, which is about 75000 per you, person. You know what I wish they do? I wish that we were talking about this the other day, about the, 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 how people get tax breaks, and, you know, there's... If you um, if you manage to shove children out of your body, you're given like money by the government for that for some reason. It, it just seems like I, I really wish that there was some sort of a rebate or a bonus you got for good behavior. You know what I mean? It's like right. you know, in jail you get time off for good behavior. You know what? <laughs> I, I don't break any laws. I don't have any miscreant little bastard children that go around and need to be put in the juvenile hall and beaten with hoses. I don't. I, I don't go out and cause traffic accidents. I just stay at home. And when I'm not at home, I go to Fry's Electronics and spend money. That's all. That's all I do. And I wish the government really would just isolate folks like you and me and the people, either most of the people we know, who, who just kind of go to work and then go home and, and don't bother anybody. I really think there ought to be some sort of bonus accrued to us for that. I'm for that. I really, I honestly, I, I mean, it, it really does seem to a large degree that the people, well, never mind. I'm not going to talk the whole thing about it. I, I do want to ask you, and this is a strange segue, but about this waterboarding thing. And I know that that seems very six months ago, but it, it, here's the reason I'm curious about that, because it does look... It does look, as a, as a friend of mine said, that the, that the Republicans just have, that between now and the convention, the Republicans don't really have a shot to take down John McCain. He just, he will, they will stagger, to, I think as he said, staggering towards Minneapolis or whatever. There's, they don't have an opportunity for a sort of figurative, a figurative headshot between okay. now and then. So... Let me. I'm, this is so rude of me. I've got to call Australia in like 30 seconds. Oh, I'm, if we can do this. Okay, I was just going to say really quickly: Is waterboarding going to become an issue in the election, given that John McCain was tortured and will be the candidate? No, because he's a Republican. I mean, if he's, if, if you know what I mean, if he was, if if, if he was a Democrat against a Republican who. He thought that waterboarding might might be unacceptable, or or wasn't going to rule on it. Um, then uh, that, that I think it, it, it's possible, but I think I think he's kind of of the same view as Democrats that waterboarding is torture and shouldn't be done. Excellent. Okay, you so have to call. So you have you I have to call Australia. Not at all. I will let you go. Have a okay. great day. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, Thank guys. You. Okay. Lisa Desjardins. All right, fantastic. I think it's kind of hot that she had to call Australia. Sorry, Rick. I've got to go. I've got to call Australia. Don't say Lisa and hot in the same sentence. No, I'm just saying. Uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, everybody but me. Um, so I'm just saying I think that's kind of cool. She's uh, she's cosmo, she's continental, as they say. Uh, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum in a second. Speaking of uncomfortable, about Heath Ledger and some guy pretending to be his dad, and Tom Cruise and John Travolta. Whatever they have in common. Yeah. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hi, Rick. Hey, what's up? Hey, I have a question for you. You yeah. guys were talking about your uh, Optical Illusion uh, T-shirt. Yes, sir. And that got me thinking about those, remember those really stupid posters that, like, in, the, in like, 87? Oh, God, the Magic Eye posters. Boy, those things made me furious. Okay, what was that called? Magic Eye posters, where you look at a bunch of dots and it's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, exactly. Nothing there. No. Nothing there. That's beautiful. Okay, hey, one more quick question. Really? Was that the only observation was to compare Tim's clothing to that of a Magic Eye painting from 1990? Well, I think I no actually I just I didn't know what they were called and now I want to kind of uh, have that as part of my my lengthening list of references that I've, I've gotten off your show. What you so. should really do though is you should paint your car with one of those designs. Your car or your house. 
Just paint your car with a magic eye pattern. See how many accidents you can cause. Also, this, there was a really great product that they put on the market at about 1990 when those magic eye things were at the height of their absurd, retarded popularity. And a guy started putting out magic eye posters that really had no picture in them. And so you would get people who were really smug about it. Because everybody knew somebody who was like, I can see all of them. Look at that. It's the little prince. You know, it's a whale riding a unicorn. And they would all look at the magic eye paintings. And they would just have to, you know what it is? People who could, I know that it sounds, I sound like really angry about this. But people who were able to see ma images in a magic eye painting were like that dick that you went to school with who could solve a Rubik's Cube in 35 seconds. And felt the need to, like, show it off all the time. And so what was so great is he put up this whole line of magic eye paintings in which there was no picture. And you would see those smug people, like, stare at it and their heads, like, slowly start to explode. So... This has been great. Yes. Well, it's what I do, sir. Anything else? Um, well, actually, yeah. Can you just uh, remember th last year when uh, your, that dude was driving across the country and people were giving him suggestions? Cross-country Nate. Yeah. Cross-country Nate. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to Peru next week. Maybe somebody can tell me where I need to go in Peru. In Peru? Yeah. <laughs> Something to peruse while you're down there? Um, cricket sound. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. When are you going? Next week? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm leaving on Sunday, so if, if any listeners have any suggestions on, on what a single guy should be doing when he's in Lima for 10 days, um, I'd love to hear it. Peru. All right, yeah, we'll we'll look into that, sir. I love you all. Uh, we love you, too. <laughs> that was also hot. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's this up? Is Tony. Yes. Uh, this is the guy that called the other day about the FCC question. Yes. And I was just thinking I should probably be the one that gets to take the test on the air. Well, we'll see. I'm going to take the test. Um, I'm going to take the test maybe this afternoon. Try to get it done today. Uh, if not, then tomorrow morning. I'll have it done by the. And then I got to. I just have to make sure that Tim and Sarah don't have to take it. Uh, okay. Because if they have to take it again, which they may or may not, it just depends on when you took it the first time. If they don't have to take it again, then we'll be good, and uh, maybe we can have you do. It. We'll have you and maybe somebody else. You and Timmy Ryan, perhaps. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, dropping an email. We'll be in touch. Okay, thank right, you. There you go. Thank you. So who would right. it be from if I had to take the test? I don't know. It would be from, like, CBS, blah, blah, blah. It would be some weird, you know. CBS management, reminder, online training assignment. That's it. Uh, click on it. What does it say? Our records show you have not yet completed the CBS online training program concerning FCC regulation of broadcast indecency. Yeah, it's a refresher test. You're required to participate in yeah. this program and must find time to complete it within the next two weeks. Uh-oh, how long ago was this? It's, I mean, it should be okay, done. Okay, that was yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you should do it sooner rather than later. Cause that, okay, so Tim's going to have to do it, too. So all three of us are going to have to do it before we can do it on the air, obviously. Okay. We can't be uh, giving away the answers to anything. So uh, so we should all take that, and then we'll uh, and then we'll find some sap to take it on the air with us, so he can understand just how insane uh, the FCC has become. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, the city that never sleeps. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? How are you, my brother? All right. I used to take that test when I worked at uh, 1010 Wins. Yeah, but I mean, what would, really, what would, you, what would you even be running afoul of anybody with at 1010 Wins? I mean, honestly. I know. It, it was so ridiculous. I mean, the test is like geared towards... Morning you know, show. It's geared yeah. towards zany morning shows. Right. Um, and especially because you were at a news station where you can get away with almost anything if it's under the guise of news. Right, exactly. I mean, if, if you can, really, I hate to say this, because it's almost like tipping our hand, but really, if you sandwich something inside a news broadcast, really, you could do nothing but stand there greased up and nude while shoving hamsters into belt sanders. I mean, it doesn't, no, 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 it's a news broadcast, and, like, the FCC is sort of fine with that. So, you know, what can you do? Uh, so let's talk about this weird Heath Ledger story. So I, Sarah gave me this call yesterday. I was sitting at my computer at work answering email. I get this call from Sarah. And if Sarah calls me in the afternoon, 
Here's the thing about Sarah. Uh-huh. If my phone rings in the afternoon, uh, let's say after, like if it's by 3.05, it means she's forgotten something and I need to bring it out to her car in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. If she calls me after 4 p.m., I always know what's about to happen. I will answer the phone. I'll say, hello, Sarah. And she'll say, oh, my God, did you read this post on, and then, like, insert whatever. <laughs> it's always like some, like, she's really breathless about some exciting, scandalous news, which is great. Um, so she calls me yesterday. And she goes, oh, my God, have you followed this thing about Heath Ledger and the fake calls and John, John Travolta and Tom Cruise? And I said, well, sort of, but I don't really know the full deal. So what what is happening? Isn't this great? I love this one. Some guy was uh, pretending to be Heath Ledger's father and called Tom Cruise, convinced him that he was Ledger's dad, and got Tom Cruise to console him over the phone. He almost convinced John Travolta to buy him a ticket from uh, Australia to the States before John Travolta got wind of the fact that there was this imposter going around. He actually called... The um, the doctor who performed the autopsy in the medical examiner's office and spoke to him under the guise that he was Ledger's father. And then he called the funeral home here in New York where Ledger's body was being kept and had the people there book a couple of rooms for him and his family at the Ritzy Carlisle Hotel. Uh, but then his ruse was discovered and, uh, you know, cops are trying to find out who this was. How would you even get Tom Cruise's phone number? I don't know. Maybe My guess is that... He called the Church of Scientology. Sarah, would you like to weigh in with your observations on Steve this? Steve Kastenbaum, in any way, shape, or form, do you believe that this might be some kind of conspiracy to take uh, Scientology out of the spotlight with that anonymous you know, deal going on? Like, don't you find it kind of strange that the two celebrities that were contacted and almost duped by said you know, imposter, Heath Ledger's father, are in fact Scientologists? Oh, I think that's, that's the connection. And I think that uh, you know, Scientologists, believe it or not, are one of the few organizations that are authorized by uh, the federal government to go in and do disaster relief work. Uh, they, were, they were here as an organization after 9-11, and one of the things that they're supposed to be trained to do is uh, to be grief counselors. So uh, I think that's why this guy got a kick out of calling Tom Cruise and John Travolta, because it's supposed to be within their training to, to, counsel, to console people at times of, of grief. Now, do you feel like they are, um, like, with the story that you're reporting, do you feel like they're being painted as as we should feel sympathetic for them that they were tricked about this or that they were kind of being gullible about it? Oh, I don't, I don't, I, I just think that they, you know, I don't know that they were being gullible. I think that they were probably just, uh, you know, open, them, open themselves up to this because they, they found the story, you know, as sad as everybody else did and found it within, uh, within reason as Scientologists to be called up well, because that is Cruz's, yeah. I mean, not just Cruz's thing, to be fair. And, and, and also, to be fair, many, many, many religions are this way, where they think there's a lot of religions who are like, no, 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 it's, it's, we, we're the only ones who have the secret knowledge and the ability to whatever. But like Cruz in that nutcase video that came out a few weeks ago, Cruz is like, you know, when you drive by a car accident and you know you're the only one who can help because you are a Scientologist. So clearly this does, like with some other faiths, this does play into their uh, sort of belief that it's they alone have the secret knowledge to blah, 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 whatever. Right. I don't understand what this guy was hoping uh, to get out of this. I mean, it's not like he wouldn't have been discovered if he actually did get a plane ticket. Yeah, seriously, like all they have to do is sit there, sit there at the airport and wait for the guy claiming to be Heath Ledger's dad to come off the plane. Hilarious. People never really think these plans through. They don't, no. That's not really a lot of forethought. Uh, before we go, I'd just like to leave you with this, Steve Kastamom. Here now is the sound of Tom Cruise laughing. Maybe he should have.
should have played the Joker in the new Batman movie and not Heath Ledger. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever you do, try not to hear that voice when you're trying to go to sleep tonight with the lights off. I won't. Uh, one, I have one uh, quick word of advice for that guy who was going to Peru and wanted to know what to do in Lima. Uh, we, we, somebody already sent us, don't be raped. But apart from that... <laughs> uh, don't stay in Lima. That's like the best thing I can tell you to do while you're in Peru. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, it's a big... A city that's like most other cities that you'll go to in a developing world nation, and there's a lot of pollution. It's crowded. There, a lot of the areas aren't aren't that safe. I mean, there are some really nice areas, but but there's so much to do in Peru, and and it, you know, so, I mean Machu Picchu. You know, I mean, there, there's so many incredible natural wonders to see in Peru as well, and, and things to do. Uh, staying in Lima, it's like you know. You might as well just stay in a city in the U.S. They're, you know, cities are the same, basically, around the world. Go out and see the rest of the country. Lima's got a lot of pollution. You don't want to stay there. Excellent. All right. It is the Mexico City of Peru. Exactly. There you go. All right. There you go. All right, my friend. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. All right. We will undoubtedly talk to you then. Have a great day, my friend. There Thank you. you. See Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. Wonderful. Excellent. <laughs> Ah, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Doesn't that sound like it'd be one of those one of those things you used to have where it was like a little can and you'd turn it upside oh, down yeah. and it would be a cow and it would move? That sounds exactly like that. That was the, British accent, do a British accent. The cruise says <laughs> Hi, hello. Hi. Um about the uh, magic eye posters. Yes. Um please to be referencing in the future any response to uh the magic eye as Oh, it's a clipper ship. <laughs> is that a Mallrats reference? It's a sailboat, not a clipper ship. Yes, it is. All right. Thank you. Brenda? Mallrats right. is Thank next you. on my uh, VHS tape list. Really? So, yeah, I have Mallrats on uh, VHS. I'm going to wow. watch that today. Did you buy that? I sure did. I know you don't like Mallrats. I like it. Let's just get over it. No, it's not, that I, it's not that I hate Mallrats. It's not that I... You know, here's the thing about Mallrats. Well, it's, just so, it's so rare that I see Shannon Doherty in anything, either. Mallrats is like... Mallrats is like the third Oasis album. You go back and you enjoy it now, not nearly as bad as you thought it was at the time, and, to be fair, not nearly as bad as it was depicted as being at the time. Uh, it, at the time, it was like, Mallrats, worst movie in history of the world. Not, not at all the case. It's an enjoyable film. I'll, I'll give you that. Especially if you watch it after Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. If you watch Jay and Bo Silent Bob Strike Back, like, really, like... A root canal with no anesthesia will seem fun. So, Mallrats certainly holds up compared to that. Tim Riley, have you news for us? Yes, yes. Excellent. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this with the new news hour later on. Uh, Jim Roop uh, from CNN. Oh, we'll, we'll go over this AM 971 sheet as well. Stay there at the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along and making it uh, part of your uh, afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and all the ships at sea. Everyone between the ages of 20 and 50, according to our one sheet. All right. Uh, let me just let me read this really quickly. A woman uh, calls in to smack down the guy who called about mall rats. Says if that guy's going to drop mall rat science, he should get it right. The line is, it's a schooner, not it's a clipper ship. There you go. Best show ever. Van Tucky Shelley. 
All right, there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, he is a golden god to you. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A huge sinkhole swallows up the city of Portland Trek. This happened in Southeast at 32nd Avenue and Powell. No injuries, but Wait, the water... Where in Powell? Southeast 32nd and Powell. Are you familiar with that area? Yeah, yeah remember there was a sinkhole last year at like 41st in Powell. Oh, they moved it. They moved it this year. Truck. Yeah. It was a water bureau truck. What time did that happen? Hole. Gaping say. hole. <laughs> uh, Sometime this morning. Well, it must have been after I came to work then. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, of course, I have to drive. That's right where the, like, that's, uh, that's where the original taco house is. Oh. Not by the taco house. Uh, that's right by the taco house. Also some center for children with something or other. But mainly the taco house is right there. Who can't read good? Yes. Children who talk pretty one day. Do you know be able to read? No. An Eastern Oregon teenager who spent two nights in a snow cave in the Wallawa Mountains is in good spirits, but his toes are tinged with purple. He's as happy as can be. Under those conditions... He can't stand. Uh, Brendan Anderson is 18, and uh, 50-year-old Sam Bowen finally got out of the woods after getting trapped in a series of storms across Oregon. Why are people walking in the woods at this time? Aren't they? Wait till the summertime. After blinding snow grounded a rescue helicopter that was flying in a nurse and a paramedic, a snow machine brought them to safety. I don't, have no idea what that would entail. What is a snow machine? Uh, Anderson was taken to the hospital for treatment of hypothermia and frostbite. But you really do bring up a good point. Wait a while. Go walk in spring. Jesus. God gave you a living room and an Xbox. Stay home. Why is it necessary to walk in the woods in the winter? Hey, it's blinding snow outside and temperatures drop to 30 below. Let's go walking in the woods. The road is buried. <laughs> Let's take no flashlight or food. Jesus. There are plenty of documentaries on cable about walking in the woods by other people. Watch them. Really, honestly, I, I think this is well-covered territory. That if you walk outside when there's snow up to your hips and there's gales coming out of the northeast, it's... Gonna end badly, and then you're gonna be ridiculed. So just, you know, save it. Do it in June instead. So let me tell you about some thugs, uh, some alleged thugs, who beat up children, knocked a teen unconscious, and broke a man's nose. All for the thrill of it, apparently. This happened at uh, 185th, and uh, let's see, it is the Willow Creek Transit Center. The suspect, 21-year-old Thomas Arthur, 20-year-old Christopher Bach, and Bach's 17-year-old brother, Corey, were looking for easy targets, say the cops. They wanted me to buy stuff with them like ecstasy and weed. I told them no, said a 15-year-old victim. I remember taking one step off the bus, and before I even touched the pavement, everything went black. That's the story of that part of town, isn't it? No, actually, this is a nice area. Really? Yeah, this is 185th. And what? And uh, and Cornell Road. It's next to the the Tannisborn Shopping Center. Okay, I was just going to say, I'm suspicious of any place called Willowbrook, because usually when there's a name name like Willowbrook, it's sort of like, you know, gentle mountain lane. It's always just like, it's always just the worst place on earth. So those names are always designed to deceive and to make you think it's a low-crime neighborhood. But I'm I'm sorry, apparently... Then a 16-year-old was pushed to the ground for his hat, and a 15-year-old friend was knocked down for a $4 marker. This all began at 6.40 p.m. They punched a 21-year-old man near 185th Cornell, broke his nose, all for a cell phone. So uh, the cops finally caught these kids, and hopefully they got their asses kicked good. <laughs> They've all been jailed on the bail of $25,000, b- so hopefully they'll keep them off the streets. Savages. What are the names again? 21-year-old Thomas Arthur. We're not judging Jerry here. We're just saying who was arrested. Uh, 20-year-old Christopher Bach and Bach's 17-year-old brother, Corey, are behind bars. Well, they sound like narrative. If convicted, they face... Six years in prison. Really? Yeah. Is, so. that a, is that a real? Is that a? Uh, well, that'll be a good cleansing for that neighborhood. Actually, is, that, is, that, 
And that's probably not a fake prison. That's probably a full-on PMITA prison. Good for them. Hi, <laughs> on the Rick Everson Show. What did we ever do without office space, to quote? Uh, without office space and idiocracy, I uh, we wouldn't be able to make any comparisons to anything. Ow, my balls. What? Is this me? Yay. Why'd you do this to me, Sarah? Why? Why, Sarah? Why do you do these things? <laughs> did, did, those, did those kids, did they punch them just to watch them cry? See, here's the thing. Yeah. If people continue to do this all day, I'm going to be making fun of everybody. Then there's going to be the inevitable and embarrassing moment when a guy calls up who really is British. And I and, Mark the Brit. And, exactly. And I will, of course, seize upon his accent as being the you worst and enough. least bully. And I'll be like, this is the worst accent. You are retarded. And then, of course, it'll turn out that he's from, like, Brixton or something. You're for the team today, Rick. I'm taking several for the team, it sounds like. I'm sorry. What was your point, mate? <laughs> well, mate, uh, I was just thinking that it might be a fun little game to have the uh, the uh, callers call in and try to guess what the one sheet for the station is. Uh, you mean how we're, how we're described? Like right, a Mad Libs right. kind of thing? Well, sort of. Like we, you should have the, out certain words. we should have the listeners just come up with it. We, the listeners, really, I'm not trying to make a dumb radio bit out of this, but really we should have the, radio, the listeners just write one. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's gotta be, there's got to be some, uh, some some slang from the 90s thrown in there along with, you know, some old has-been talking about uh, radio, maybe like a, a Gen X talk show station that with subjects that range from the political... To the entertaining. Well, you know, you're not too, you're sadly not too far off with some of that. Caffeine fueled Gen Xer. They, they <laughs> no longer wrapped in the American flag. They no longer uh, Gen X motormouth. They no longer refer to me as an edgy Gen X motormouth. Thank God, because I am. I mean, I am still technically Gen X, but the, the thing well, is, Gen X means they use that as code for young, which let's not. not fool ourselves. So they don't use Gen X anymore because Gen X no longer means young. Gen X means like jaded and. You know, whatever. Yeah. Well, well, that age group is, is creeping into the uh, the older. It is true. Now. No, Gen X is 35 and up. advancing towards middle age. It's true. Uh, hey, uh, Rick? Yes? I, I have to go. I have to go call Australia. That's not hot. All right. Bye now. I know that's going to become I a euphemism of some kind. That. that really is going to become, ah, boy, I, I got to go. I really got to go call Australia. Oh, Those tacos are really, uh... it was. What can you do? I'm not going to lie. Here's Tim Riley. Well, six very naughty West Lynn High School students are sitting at home this week after other students ratted on them for changing grades in an advanced placement class. All six are seniors with good grades, usually good kids from fine homes. No previous behavioral problems, according to the principal. Wait, who ratted on who for what? Well, some kids ratted on these other students for changing grades. I thought I told them to stop snitching. Mm -hmm. During the five-day suspension, the students that are athletes aren't allowed to play or practice with the teams. And then their coaches will impose additional penalties. They've also been dropped from the class and will receive a grade penalty. This could affect them for the rest of their lives. All right. Some of the students will probably lose scholarships due to this incident. Well, they're just sports scholarships, though, so they don't really count. <laughs> I mean, really, right? I mean, yes. if these are athletic scholarship, it's not like it, it's real education or anything. So, really, honestly, I mean, just get to work sketching that turtle on the inside of the matchbook. You, it should all it should all work out the same for you. Here's uh, Tim. Oh, hey, Tim. Many, many, like, dozens of people sent this to me. Did you see this thing about cheeseburger in a can? No, I wouldn't have paid attention to it. <laughs> no, but you really ought to. It's great. I mean, not maybe for eating. But for mocking, uh, everything on this show is either good for eating or mocking. That is true. Some things like spam, good for both. So we got this. Uh, Aaron says, I feel American shame for not inventing cheeseburger in a can. 
A German company has invented cheeseburger in a can. I know that the hamburger is technically from Germany, but still, it just seems wrong. He says, and then he makes the worst possible comparison. Did you read Aaron's email about cheeseburger in a can? No. There's some of Aaron's emails that I see them starting off poorly, and I'll kind of shuffle them to the back for a while. <laughs> for when you're really bored or no, in the bathroom for a long period of time. Stuff sometimes. I'm like... like when he says this, like when he says, I just can't see Germany inventing cheeseburger in a can. I can see them inventing something like anal beads in a can, but not a cheeseburger. That's exactly what, what? I'm talking That's about. What like, why would you make that comparison? Anyway. What does one even have to do with the other? Well. What does he do with his cheeseburger? <laughs> Go. Anyway, Tim, I'll send you the picture of it. It is literally, it's like that can of Spam. Yeah. It's like a can with the pull ring top that you open, you know, like a tuna fish can or something, or like a can of cat food or whatever. But, but I swear to you, inside is a cheeseburger. You just open the can and there's a cheeseburger inside. You're completely nonplussed by this whole thing. No, I'm sure that there are people amazed by such things. Well, never mind. Here's... He doesn't eat cheeseburgers. I right? thought he might like it as the object of scorn. Oh. I thought you might appreciate it as a, as a thing which to ridicule. I'm here for positive things. All right. Here's Tim Riley. More than 20 crates of chickens are scattered among a mile of Interstate 5 southbound lanes after they fell off a truck. Ugh. Authorities say the driver, in Lee was uh, going to keep on going, according to the OSP. Three drivers uh, hit the crates near uh, Lane Community College and called 911 to report debris in the road. He was driving a pickup truck with 24 chicken crates. And, uh, let's see, 160 more when he noticed he was losing part of the load but kept on driving on. That's when police finally caught up with him and said, Hey, you're, you're spilling all your chickens. So they cleaned up the mess of uh, crates, feathers, and uh, dead chickens from the snow-filled ditches. Spilling all your chickens. The air was filled with a loud cackling of surviving poultry. Everything is hilarious today, and I don't think it's because I'm high. Uh, I think everything really honestly is fantastically amusing. The air was filled with the sound of cackling poultry. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, KGW will build and operate a permanent studio in Portland's living room, Pioneer Courthouse Square. They are taking over the old Powell's space. That's like almost underground. I forgot that Powell's space even existed. It's yeah, not it's been closed forever. You can't, Is it even still, I mean, is the structure even still there? Yeah, well, it's underground. If they're going to be building it's underground, it. it looks like a bunker. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know what? CBS should have thought of that. So apparently you're going to be able to go by and knock on the windows like they do at NBC. You can go and press your buttocks up against the glass during the morning. <laughs> Not that you should do that, of course. Well, that's what they're going to be doing. That's during NYPD Blue. Um, well, it'll be like, you know, it's like when I, uh, the last time I went to Disneyland, you can, uh, Radio Disney does their morning show from this glass broadcast booth in the middle of Disneyland, which mm -hmm. as much as I wasn't really into Disneyland, uh, that was really cool to be able to go by and see. You know where I went? Did I tell you this? That I went to the Mark Lindsay Rock and Roll Cafe on Saturday when Mark Lindsay was doing his radio show there. Oh. And it really was pretty cool. Um, Laura and I went in, and it's like you sit down, you have a, have a, have a you know, the sandwich, a salad, or whatever, and then you can sit there right there in the restaurant and see Mark Lindsay doing his Saturday night show on K-Hits um, right there, like five feet away. So that kind of stuff, you know, seeing live broadcasts like that really is cool. Well, good for them. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they, they chase away all the street people that hang around there. Seriously, or at least, or at least have like a stabo cam. You know, de de like designated just to pick that stuff up. 
So uh, they're also going to have uh, TV monitors inside the front glass, pointing out to the square, and they're going to broadcast their news live. Oh, you know, it's just a matter of time until that picks up something really unpleasant that Mr. and Mrs. America don't want their children to see in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, opponents of the MySpace mayor have submitted enough uh, signatures to force a recall vote. You remember this, Walvin? Really? Yeah. Honestly? Mm-hmm. Nothing better to do with their time? Nope, they're mad because she uh, dressed in a black bra and panties and uh, put her, her picture on the MySpace. Uh, they agree that the 42-year-old mayor is in fantastic shape, a debate whether or not it's appropriate for her to post those photos. We find you guilty, but fabulous. So, uh, yeah, so that's just going to happen. Oh, she recently appeared on 2020. She said she had permission from the fire chief to use that fire engine and had intended to use the photos in a contest about fitness in women. I see nothing wrong with that. No, really. no, it's completely and wholly Maybe appropriate. because we're, we're city m- mice instead of country mice. <laughs> We're not worried about sins of the flesh. Uh, you know what? And, and politicians always are just hideous bags of gray anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it really is, to uh, to paraphrase Patton Oswalt, they really, uh, politicians really all just look like gray curtains with little bits of pink. So, I mean, you know, I think she's a fine. I'd be proud to have her as my. We should totally push to have her be the mayor of Portland. Sure. That's a great idea. I like that well, idea. Because Tom Potter's not running again, is he? I don't think so. Isn't he just a... Uh, I know he's slouching off uh, to lame do, duck. He's dog going off to do whatever he does. I'm totally going to keep the restroom open. Gonna, see, I'm, I'm going to demand that uh, I'm going to demand that she become our mayor. Oh, you know, I, I found out that uh, the numbers show only one person is using the city restroom every night. So it, it costs like hundreds of dollars to keep that open. The one at City Hall. How, where, where, I mean, where were such statistics published? I, I believe I read them in Willamette Week. So there's one person a day using how at night. I can't even. How is that even possible though? Because it, it, it seems. It seems like just the homeless would push that number up. Uh-huh. Because there's so many of those, you know, the, you know, the ragtag, smelly kids downtown. And they always get, you know, they too have to pee. So I can't... Are people just using it by accident or something? Is it somebody... I was looking for the art gallery. No, it's a bunch of toilets here. Well, never mind. Mm-hmm. Well, now I feel like compelled to go use it. That's what I'm, I'm going to go and use it. It's at City Hall, right? Yes. I'm going to go use the bathroom the at second City, one. I'm going to proudly urinate at City Hall tonight. I'm going to support my city, because I was a big proponent of that idea. What time? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let me go find my tap shoes. Um, <laughs> it really is tempting to post like a Craigslist ad about that. I'm going to be in the uh, city hall bathroom tonight at 1230. <laughs> I'll have a green feather in my hat. Uh, <laughs> look for the purple hanky. Um I don't know, Tim. Maybe I won't announce that part publicly. All right. Well, just keep it in suspense. I'll reveal it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. As hard to believe as it seems, North Carolina Senator John Edwards is finally dropping out. His presidential dreams have been shattered. We do not know who will take the final steps to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but what we do know is that our Democratic Party will make history. Hillary says, why don't you come join my camp? I hope that I'll be able to uh, persuade his supporters in the week ahead as we move towards Super Tuesday to uh, come over and endorse and support me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not going to happen, by the way, because he loathes Hillary. I, I really am amazed that he did drop out before uh, Super Tuesday. But here's the thing I didn't get a chance to talk to Lisa about because she had to go. But the, I guess we all sort of intellectually knew this was the case. I mean, you know, you, you like if you looked at it on paper, you sort of knew that it was true. But now... It really is staggering to sort of think that, assuming the nominee is going to be McCain on the Republican side, that there is a better than even chance. I mean, I'm saying right now there's a 60% chance 
that the next president of the United States will either be a black man or a woman, which really is, ain't that America? I mean, it's way overdue, obviously. I mean, everybody, I mean, it's one of those things that is, you know, that at this in 2008 shouldn't be a big deal, but just is. So it's it's pretty amazing to think actually that that finally is going to be that that mold is going to be broken one way or the other because there's no way McCain's going to win. I just no. can't. I can't. He's just so goddamn. He's old, just old and sort of grumpy and kind of. I mean, I, he seems like like a like a man with principles and whatnot. But boy, he just doesn't seem like he knows where he is about half the time. It also doesn't help the Republicans clearly hate him. Same thing for Reagan for eight years. Nobody cared back then. But you know what? But Reagan had Reagan was really smooth though. Reagan was, I mean, completely and utterly devoid of substance, but really smooth. Um, well, you want to read something creepy and just sort of unnerving. I have this book called uh, "It's Shadow by Bob Woodward, which is sort of the legacy of the Watergate scandal and how it affected the president afterward. And there's this whole long section where they talk about when Reagan was deposed to give his, uh, you know, to give testimony in the Iran-Contra scandal. And by that point, clearly, like, you know, clearly his brain had just become like one big saltine. And then they would ask Reagan these questions about the Iran-Contra thing, and it was, and you could tell though, you know, just the actor to the end that he was able to cover up the fact that he clearly wasn't even aware of who he was or where he was. That it, you know, he was one step away at all moments from talking about like a giant purple dragon that he saw flying around the room. Uh, but it's it's really creepy and unnerving to read, but he pulled it off because he had so much panache. John McCain doesn't. John McCain just looks like he's ready to stab you in the eye with something at any moment. So anyway. So anyway, uh, Rudy Giuliani quits, <laughs> and uh, New York residents sign off. Uh, well, they have a few things to say about it. Here's uh, uh, New York City resident Barbara. It should have happened sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have asked Steve Kastenbaum about that today. Um, was Dennis Miller despondent and suicidal? I didn't get to hear most of his show today. I, I tuned in there. We were talking about this earlier. He started the Hillary bashing. All I heard today when I came in was Dennis talking about Bordello of Blood for like 20 minutes, which was You're like so lucky. fantastic. All I get is all this political crap. I know. That's when I... I mean, I listen to I mean, it's wonderful stuff that you should be listening to. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it just depends. He's just very frustrating with the way... I know that he's new to radio. It's very frustrating how... Instead of, like, the listeners like, okay, I'm going to call and say all this thing and take my answer off the air. That's what he does. He'll, like, blurt out his thing and then not let somebody respond. I sense like, you've been holding this in for some time. No, I'm just I saying. Wish I, I just wish, because I love him in the Bordello, like, Bordello Blood and that kind well, of stuff. Well, when he does his like, pop culture stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. It depends on what hour of the show you hear. Yeah, so I was coming in today, and it, it, it was him talking about Bordello of Blood and Vampires with Erica Laniac. Which is just genius. That's so cool. But you know, he's just been, but he's just like tethered himself to that Giuliani thing, just forever and ever, and just like to the last. Our future president. It is. Giuliani. It is. We should totally put that back into some, into like circulation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. But it is both great and sad that I mean, I think got up until Monday, uh, he was talking about like what what Rudy really Giuliani needs to do to really pull this out, and there, there was no pulling out, no pulling out of any kind of anything. This is not going to happen. So anyway, so he's hosed. Here's another New Yorker with their reaction. I don't like it. I wish he stayed in. Those New Yorkers are to the point, aren't they? They are. All right. And one more. For him not to be involved in the other primaries, I knew automatically that he wasn't going to win. He just didn't campaign. He needed to be out there in Iowa. He needed to be in New Hampshire. He really uh, had some strategic errors. Yeah, okay. Then we have Mitt Romney, who refuses to quit. Well, he's got plenty of money, he doesn't have to. After all the votes were counted and he lost again, uh, Romney took a swipe at John McCain. You see, Washington is fundamentally broken. And we're not going to change Washington by sending the same people back just to sit in different chairs. 
There was a great Mike Huckabee moment that I, I wish I had this on tape, and I oh, don't. Oh, is he still around? Uh, yes, but here's the thing, and I, I meant to ask Lisa about this, but again, we're uh, like a billion things I'm going to have to ask her about tomorrow. Um, but uh, Mike Huckabee, who, you know, isn't going to be elected to anything, uh, he had this great moment where he was um, he was doing something or other. He was like out on a golf course, like doing some fundraiser for his campaign or, I don't know, whatever, some white guy thing where he was standing out there golfing. And he made some great crack about... He said that because, you know, Mitt Romney's whole thing is he's just such an amorphous flip-flopping bastard where he'll just say whatever is, like, politically expedient at the moment. Huckabee had this great line where he was holding a golf club, and he said, Now, if I were Mitt Romney, I would say that just because I'm holding a golf club, I'm a PGA pro. And then he just, like, went back to swinging. He just hates that guy. Huckabee hates Romney so much that the prevailing theory now, and I saw this on CNN last night, <laughs> the prevailing theory is that Huckabee hates him so much and Huckabee, all of Huckabee's votes are coming from Romney. They're not coming from McCain. And so the theory is that Huckabee, even though it's like driving him into bankruptcy, he will stay in just to keep Romney from winning. Like he's going to stay in just so Romney loses, which is really satisfying. So here's Romney, though, channeling Scotty J last night. Uh, let's, this is where he calls Asia a country. Countries like Asia and India. How great is that? You That's talk, terrific. We're losing our jobs to who? Countries like Asia and India. Wonderful. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, John McCain uh, says he plans to uh, finish off his rivals this week. My friends, in one week, in one week, we will have as close to a national primary as we've ever had in this country. I intend to win it and be the nominee of our party. Boy, he's like a creepy zombie candidate. He's just got dead black devil's eyes. He really yeah. does. All right. Uh, meanwhile, a Barack Obama's Stand for Change campaign blew into Kansas City yesterday. Thousands packed the hall there. As the uh, candidate pledged to change the health care system, improve schools, and bring the troops home from uh, Iraq. I know how hard change is. But Kansas City, I also know this. I also know this, that nothing worthwhile has ever happened in this country except somebody somewhere decided to hope. I thought he was getting nothing worthwhile <laughs> has ever happened in Kansas City. <laughs> well, that would also be true. He sounds like he's sort of putting on a little uh, twang when he talks there. Yeah. I think he's kind of doing that, that Hillary Clinton uh, Oprah thing, where depending on the audience, he like, starts to uh, stick in uh, like a little bit of dialect there. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look into his audience, they're full of um, change stands. If you have like a five or a ten, you could probably get changed because the signs are everywhere. Oh, no, it's, they, well, it's like that montage we played at the beginning of the show where I thought once everybody started noticing how much they were flogging that word change, they would uh, drop it and go into something else. No, that's, they're just going to keep pounding that into the ground. So former President Jimmy Carter says he finds Barack Obama's campaign for the nomination, quote, extraordinary and titillating. Titillating? That's what he says. Does he find it hot? I guess so. <laughs> he finds it titillating? Titillating. He didn't say titillating. Yes, he, he did. That. that was a quote. <laughs> Hold on. Titillating. I don't think that T -I -T -I -L -L -A -T -I -N -G. word. T-I-T-I-L-L-A-T-I-N-G. Titillating. I thought titillating had three T's. No, only two T's. Titillating. T I T I L L A. No, you're right. It does have three T's. Titillating. Oh, yeah, I guess this T at the end. Titillating. You're right. It does have three T's. Sound it out again. Titillating. Titillating. It's a word. T I T I L L. A ting. I don't know if this is funny to anybody else. Tim Riley spells not to me. Spells spells words out slowly. Is this going to be a, a promo? <laughs> well, 
Maybe if they get us a consultant, we can float this by him as one of our trademark bits. There's a consultant in town. We could probably be like an added value. You know what I mean? Like for $10 more um, a year, he consults us. That would be wonderful. Hold on. I'm looking up titillating. How do you spell it? Seriously. T-I-T. Uh-huh. I-double-L-A-T-I-N-G. That's what I thought. Silas has spelled it without the final T the first time around. There's three T's, two L's, and A. All right. Here we go. Pleasantly stimulating. Well, okay. Yeah. So that's not as inappropriate as I thought it was. I no. thought it meant like a that it was arousing in some sort of sexual manner. Which the idea of Jimmy Carter talking about anything sexual, although wasn't he the one who lusted in his heart? No. He was in to be interviewed in Playboy magazine, and they asked him about keeping to his Christian beliefs. He goes, "Well, I have I have lusted in my heart, or whatever." Yeah. All right. Him and his weird drunken brother. All right. So there you go. Just the ringing endorsement of Jimmy Carter. Hooray! Jesus. So we got the 911 calls out for the Monte Carlo Hotel fire in Vegas. Remember uh -huh. it happened last Friday? The first one uh, came after 11 o'clock from electrician Gary Cronkite, who was driving on the freeway when he first spotted the fire. Uh, I don't know if anyone was called in, but um, Monte Carlo Hotel is on fire. The whole top floor, huge flames and smoke. I'm on Tropicana right now. I can see it. It's enormous. He continued. Okay, is it smoke and flames you see? What? Is it smoke and flames? Smoke and huge flames, the whole top two floors on fire. Huge. Why does she need to know if there's smoke in addition to the flame? Aren't flames sufficient to send a fire truck these days? I know, they always ask stupid questions. <laughs> right in the center, it's getting worse. Yes, I'm just driving by. I just, okay. All right. They're on their way. Thank you. Uh -huh. What color are the flames? Which I was just going to say, would you say they're more of an orange or a burnt umber? <laughs> Could you get closer, please, and tell us how hot it really is? <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of the Monte Carlo, uh, so do not forget, today is Wednesday, which means you get today, tomorrow, and Friday to get your spam sculpture in. You submit that at 970.am, 970.am. Uh, entries for that got to be received Friday, uh, the end of the show Friday, 3 p.m. Friday. Your spam sculpture entries must be submitted. So the deal is you sculpt something out of spam, you can use the spam and the can. Uh, you sculpt whatever you want out of spam, you take a picture, you submit it at 970.am, and uh, of the entrance, one lucky winner will go to see Spam-A-Lot at the Wynn Hotel in Vegas. Uh, hotel, airfare, uh, VIP seats, all that taken care of. No blackout dates, no sp no specific dates you have to go. You can choose whenever you're going. Uh, and will the Spam be given to the poor? No, no, the Spam is no. going to be given to us. Oh, okay. We, we, will, we will be keeping the uh, all uh, More all for you guys. Yes, are us. Um, so uh, it has been called the plushest hotel in America. It does look pretty great. So um, so get your spam sculpture submissions uh, put in right now. You got to do it by the end of the uh, by the end of the show on Friday. So uh, please uh, please do that. Full details at 970.am. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break. So here's a little story for you kids. The next time you go over to the Goodwill, be careful where you park your bike. Cody Young learned his lesson. You see, his bike cost two hundred thirty-two dollars four years ago. And went at Goodwill for six ninety nine. He considers it insulting. He says he and his friends went to the store to look for speakers. He didn't have a lock, but his friends told him they parked uh, right next to the store. Park it right there. Well, for some reason, he left it right next to the other bikes that were on sale. And they sold it for seven dollars. Uh huh. That's really great. And they're unable to identify the bike's <laughs> purchaser. And now it's gone. Mm hmm. That's great. I mean, not for him, for us. Mm hmm. Excellent. Well done. Well, Goodwill is the home of bargains, Tim. It is. All right. I remember buying a couch from Goodwill for like $9 one time. I used that couch for about a year and a half. It was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to read this email, then we'll break. Uh, let's see. 
there's a very logical reason for no one using the overnight city hall bathroom. The homeless don't hang out in that corner of downtown Portland. One, no homeless shelters in that area. Two, no 24-hour convenience stores there. Three, no max line there. Four, Portland Police Department across the street. Five, no people after 5 p.m. to, ha- to panhandle from. Why'd you, why would you walk eight blocks from Pioneer Square Old Town just to take a whiz in City Hall? An alley is an alley, you know. That's a fair point, actually. Yes. So really, it's only a bathroom for clean, upstanding people. It really is the bathroom for you and me and all of us. All so right. you're going there tonight? Why not whiz there today? No, I'm going to go tonight. That is my goal. That, if elected, I promise to whiz downtown at City Hall. I'm totally going to go do it tonight. I will come back tomorrow with a report on my whizzing experience. How exciting for us. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Let's break, shall we? Mm-hmm. Back after this. It's the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. This guy says, you know, she'd make a great Portland mayor, he says, of the woman in the bikini. However, she needs to be a Portland resident to qualify. I will happily donate my lower abdomen as a place she can call her own. Okay, back after this. Why? Hello. I meant to get coffee during that last break, and it didn't really happen. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming by. Later on, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop joining us. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley. At the... Were you doing something there? I was going to get some of my flavored coffee. Wait. Well, you know, I'll take this phone call while you get creamer. Yeah. You know, I know you and Sarah love that French vanilla creamer, so it's probably just as well that you and Sarah use that. Well, thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? I've got a goodwill re- relatable story for you. A goodwill relatable story. Only if you do it in a British yeah. accent. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put him on hold? Yes. Don't make him do it in a British accent. I know. I'm not going to. And I that was he's disrespectful. On hold, he's just on the bottom line now. Hold on. <laughs> Are you there? No. Oh, now he's gone. I'm sorry. That was that was kind of rude. I didn't mean to be rude. You hung up on a caller. I didn't because... hang up on him. I just transferred the line just for a second. I'm just saying. He laughed at Silenced me. a caller because he wouldn't talk in an accent that pleased you. No, it wasn't because of that. It was because they didn't know. I did not like that. To be because fair, which Sarah, is... You know, maybe I'm not feeling a British accent to, today. To be fair, I think that's the way that any of us would have responded. I think we would have gone... Eh, but I know no. you. It just kind well, of you'll never know him now. I guess not. Well, that's a listener between the ages of 20 and 50 with a mean household income. 20 and 50? It's a weird... Tim and I were just talking about this sales one sheet. KCMD reaches guys between the ages of 20 and 50, which is not inaccurate so much as it is just... I'm sorry? We have no 19-year-olds or 18-year-olds whatsoever. And it's just odd to say 20 to 50. That's an odd demographic. That's not typically a demographic that radio uses. No. They don't typically say that. Well, we'll talk more about it. Maybe somebody's first day making this. Maybe this is the guy calling back, and I'm going to hold my tongue. By the way, can I say that in the... I was in the sales meeting this morning, kind of doing my little, uh, you know... Song and dance, uh, where I tell them about, you know, going out and uh, pitching the product and so forth. Uh... I told that story about that woman who's looking for an intern for her crazy radio show about being bipolar and having no teeth, um, which went over really well, by the way. So did you ever post that? Because if not, you have to, because everybody in the is like, I have to see that. Okay, I'll Tim, do you up. know what we were talking about? Did you hear that yesterday? I heard about, I know about some lady looking for a weekend show. But did you hear the details more. of it? 
No, not oh, the latest. We were, we're, we'll give you the details later. You'll find it fantastic. Why haven't I heard this story yet? Because I think you were preparing news while we were talking about it yesterday afternoon. I think it was like at around 2.15 or 2.20. Okay. And I think you might have been in the newsroom when Sarah and I were reading this woman's uh, ad that she had placed. It's Long story short, we'll give the details later because you, Tim Riley, have probably known a million people like this at radio stations just like I have. She is a woman who has clearly uh, bought a couple of hours on a weekend for a, a, a radio program that she thinks is going to be great, and I swear to you, I'm not making this up. It's a, it's a quote, a fun, end quote, radio program all about mental illness. <laughs> now, the best part is, and then she has, like, looking for intern, read, like, slave labor, work for free. She's looking for an intern for her paid programming that she's going to be getting on some station. Oh, no, it, it's a talk show like what's on during the week, <laughs> no. as they always think. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Uh, but um, so she's looking for an intern to work on this pre-taped uh, mental illness radio show. But then she's like, "Click here to read my biography." Let me so see you, if it's still up. You go to her biography. If not, and I've got it in my history folder. If you go to her biography, she describes. She discusses. She herself has like a crippling case of bipolar uh, syndrome. Um, she took a lot of medication. I know I'm giving the whole thing away now, but she's all. She married a guy who was also bipolar. She took a lot of medication, which made her teeth and hair fall out. So she, I mean, she's already the best boss ever. So she stopped taking the medication. And now because she's no longer on the medication, she has like crazy mood swings and weird manic depression. And then she ends it with like, please come work for me for free. <laughs> it really, it's like, it's so good. I think it's gone. Is the ad gone? It's gone. Maybe, maybe, it's we, been filled. maybe we generated so much response, she filled the position. Or maybe she's just in a corner sobbing to herself and sucking her thumb, pulling out hanks of her own hair. Hmm. Well, that's one less person we have to deal with here. <laughs> not, that we, not that we don't get our share. Um, and I won't identify the radio station, except to say that um, Timmy Ryan used to work there. So. Oh, okay, I found her website. Not a CBS station, by the way. Do you think it's wrong if I still flip the website? Timmy Ryan no had a job in a radio before this. I mean, just a general inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's Tim Riley. All right. Well, let's talk about this. <laughs> Barack Obama is uh, is uh, flapping his jaws about John Edwards quitting. He's what? Uh, speaking about it. And at a time when our politics is too focused on who's up and who's down, he consistently has made us focus on who matters. You know, that's a whole lot of like, thanks for playing. You're, you what know what it is? What does that mean? Nothing. That's like when uh, you beat the other team at soccer and then the coach makes you do a cheer saluting the other team that you just schooled. That's totally what that is right there. That's a lot of patting on the head and a lot of, okay, kid, get out of here. He says another candidate is leaving the race. John Edwards. Everybody's happy about He's making an announcement today that uh, he is stepping down from the race. John has spent a lifetime fighting to give voice to the voiceless and hope to the struggling. The, the thing is, I really do kind of like John Edwards. I, I just get a good sense of the guy. I mean... Now, I do believe he'll be vice president at least someday. I really do believe that. I think he's just got that he's got that air about him that I think it's just... He, but it, was, it wasn't going to happen this time. There's just no way. You know what it is? He is the Salieri to Obama's Mozart uh, this year. There's just no way that it was going to happen. With And it really, and I know I made this point earlier, but I think it does bear repeating, uh, attention rednecks, that I, I mean, it, it, I would say there is a 6 in 10 chance that the next president will be either a woman or black which is just great, and especially when you think about all the people it's going to irritate. And it's going to irritate and anger all the people who really richly deserve to be irritated and angered. So uh, so suck on that. 
you know, John Edwards would make like a great talk show co-host. So if they team him up with Marie Osmond. Put him on the soup. Well, Marie Osmond is hoping to follow in the footsteps of Oprah and Ellen with their own syndicated talk show. She's going to launch her new hour-long entertainment and lifestyle show next year. This is made during the meeting of the National Association of Television Program Executives in Las Vegas, Nevada. She says it'll be a show about women, and it'll be both fun, and she'll have vital information. Wait, hold on a second. Does it say anything in there about losing her teeth and her hair falling out? No, it says it'll be funny, sometimes serious, and never predictable. Marie, as it's called, Marie, is set to hit local stations in the fall of 2009. Mm, all right. You know what John Edwards looks like? He looks like if you inflated Pat Sajak's head. Like if you took Pat Sajak's head and sort of ballooned it up a little bit, like put him on prednisone or something. Here's uh oh wait, well let's see if there's any of these callers are moderately amusing. Hold on, let me look. We've got a guy about Applewood bacon, a guy about Mormons. You love Applewood bacon. I do, and Mormons or Mormans, as it's typed here on the screen. Uh, mm, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hi. Hey, I saw a movie the other day that uh, from uh, anyway John Voight was in it. And it was about the Mormons killing all those Christians. Is that true? A, this is really vague. B, I have no idea what you're talking about. C, well, what? There's a, new, there's a new movie out by John Voight. What is it called, sir? I can't think of the name. I wish I could. But That's it's, a Disney it's movie. It's a Pardon? Disney movie called Mormons Kill Christians. <laughs> yeah, Does well, the anyway. soundtrack have, uh, like, Elton John on it, or... No, what they did was, uh... When you kill movie, a Christian... What? When they did, what they did in the movie... Was they uh, camped out in the nineteen uh, eighteen fifty seven? Well, you're thinking of something else. You're thinking of a thing called the Mountain Meadows uh, Massacre, which is not to, to to fight it as Mormons killing a bunch of Christians is not really technically accurate. Um, what is the, it? I mean, I, that's why I, I called. You know, I, I thought you'd know. I'm no historian. Uh, it is it, there. It is a pretty scandalous chapter in the church's history, by the way. Well documented, but something they don't necessarily like to talk about. Um, I, I'll just say this only because I don't want to expand this thread and then it becomes a whole thing about Mormons. Um, what about right. this Mormon do, camping trip? Do uh, do yourself a favor. Pick up a book called uh, Under the Banner of Heaven by John uh -huh. by John Krakauer. It's called Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, by John Krakauer, it is probably the best history, a very fair and even-handed history, I might add, of the Mormon Church. But it does d describe a thing called the Mountain Meadows Massacre, which is where the uh, some folks from the church did, uh, yeah, did uh, violently and with prejudice gun down a bunch of folks. So go, uh, do try to catch it. Uh, mobile slaughtering. See, I wasn't. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, here's what you got to choose from. You got quote British stuff, mm. Applewood bacon, or an unknown caller. Tim. I like the unknown caller. All right. I like mystery. Richie will take caller four. Yeah. Here's hello, unknown caller. What are you calling about? Uh, yes. Hello. The movie he's referring to is called September Dawn, and it's about the Mountain Meadows Massacre, which occurred on September 11th in the 1800s. Baba Booey. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll let the Baba Booey even go this time because it's of so the... It's so No, you know what? He was listening two hours ago that we wanted British accents. Yeah. That's TSL, Tim. That's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. That's time uh -huh. spent listening. Yes. There's not enough of that going on. No, there's not, not elsewhere, Tim. It's all happening here. That's correct. No TSL left for anybody else. Here's Tim Riley. Please adopt donkeys. Okay. Instead of finding homes for abandoned dogs and cats, a group of uh, Minnesotans is out to have uh, adopted donkeys. A Peaceful Valley Donkey Rescue has more than a 1,000 donkeys, including neglected ones. And some wild uh, burritos, burros, I'm sorry. And most of the organization's adopted donkeys are kept in sanctuaries in western states and California. In restroom states? No. Western, western states. states. Okay. Did I say restroom states? It sounded like that, but no, that's okay. No, that's not what I wanted. Okay. 
Uh, they're looking for foster homes for donkeys. If uh, you can't uh, adopt one outright, their society no longer looks down upon the donkey, and that's a real shame. Donkeys are gentle, intelligent, social animals and don't deserve the reputation for being stubborn. What society? This is the donkey society. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just thinking right now, which I, uh, it's not that I wasn't listening to you, it's just that at a certain part of the story, my brain sort of disengaged, and I started wondering about poor fools out there who tune in thinking that they're going to get real news from the station. Tune in wondering about the events and issues of the day. And then they get you talking about how donkeys are misunderstood and we all got to adopt them. How we should them. adopt them, but you can't adopt them. And how only one person chooses to urinate in the city hall downtown. It should have happened sooner. Hi, the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Mr. Emerson oh. and the rest of the room. Um, okay, there, there that's, no way to, hello. That's, no, that's no way to start a call, sir. I, I apologize. Demonstrate at least a passing knowledge of the program and its participants. Please do it now. <laughs> Atoll. Well, Tim, I apologize, and, and Sarah, lovely as always. I apologize for being rude to both of you. Not at all. It's not that you were rude, oh, sir. No. We simply wish for everyone to be acknowledged for their contributions to the program. We like inclusiveness here. Yes, it's a big tent, sir. <laughs> okay, well, my, my, <laughs> yes. my question to you, sir, is where did your wife come up with um, applewood bacon, applewood smoked bacon? What do you mean, where did she come up with it? Well, where did – okay, my wife is a fiend for bacon. In fact, every weekend I am forced uh, under – penalty to make her bacon and i would like to um mix are it up you a asking bit where you can buy applewood bacon is that <laughs> yes, really I am. that's that's the point of the call okay uh the answer to that well i mean i'm sure you can buy many places uh she got it at pasta works pasta works a couple locations for pasta works uh there's one on hawthorne uh right next to powell's there's another one and i forget where the I think other it's on one 23rd is. pasta works on, on hawthorne I believe so. It, whatever, it's it's oh, right. No, no, that's it's right point. by Powell's, and it's across from Bishop's Barbershop. So you go to Hawthorne, and I don't know. I think it's like Hawthorne and Thirty Fourth or something. Uh, but there's a Pasta Works there, and they sell applewood bacon there. A little pricey, but fantastic. And if you, by the way, if you get the applewood bacon at Pasta Works or really anywhere, if you get a high quality bacon, don't microwave it or fry it in a pan. What you really do is you take a cookie sheet, yeah. line the cookie sheet with aluminum foil, put the right. bacon on the aluminum foil, cook it in the oven. And it's fantastic. It's it's uh, like the best bacon you are ever going to have in your life. Do you have temperatures and times for that? I don't, but I mean, I would imagine it's just you know, like you can find that sort of find that sort of thing on the World Wide Web. But yeah, go to Pasta Works, buy their Applewood bacon. It's like it really is unbelievably good. As I would say, it is the candy bar of the meat world, sir. And then cook it in the oven. Yes, uh, on a cookie sheet covered with foil. Very good. All right, thank, thank you. you, sir. Bye. Do you have any recipes for cornbread by any chance? Uh, you know, here's the thing about cornbread. You know the thing. You know how you can tell uh, homemade cornbread from from a mix. It's the grittiness. Uh, anytime you chew, bite into cornbread and there's any grittiness, that's how you know that it came out of a pre-prepared bag. Uh, you know, it's sort of like a bisquick sort of a thing. Uh, no, I don't know what it is. Calendar. No, it has to do with there's something about the smoothness of the mixture that you can only get in cornbread when you make it at home. I don't know. I really do enjoy cornbread uh, quite a lot, actually. Uh, Here's what you got to choose from now, and then we'll do some more news. We have either on KCMD Portland, you have either British stuff or a Tim Riley question. Sarah? Ooh, I'd like Tim Riley for 500 Excellent. I'm too modest. I was going to say, Tim costs a lot more than 500 Of course. I'm sorry. Here's uh, You can't just give it away. 
Oh, I don't think I could afford 500 for a Tim Riley question. Hello, Rick. Hi. Hello. How lovely as ever. What's up? Um, just a question. Um, that wild burrito reserve he's referring to, where is it? I want to catch a couple wild burritos and mate them so I don't have to keep paying for the damn things. Uh, this is St. Cloud, Minnesota. The birthplace of whom? Wait, don't tell me. Male or female? Male, right? Well, actually, it's close to the birthplace of somebody. Okay, male or female? Male. Uh, dead or alive? A live singer. Live singer. St. Cloud, Minnesota, a live it's singer. close. Jim Neighbors. Close to being dead? No. Well, he ought to be. He looks it. Uh, there was a, a motion a picture. Black. He's white. Okay. Um, a local director recently made a motion picture about him, which one of our coworkers saw and did not like. I'm completely flummoxed. Bob Dylan. Oh, really? Is well, he close? He's from Gibbing, Minnesota, right. okay. which is Excellent. close to St. All right. Excellent. There you go. Thank you, sir. They have more than uh, 100 Bye. donkeys and burritos up uh, for adoption. Why is a burrito? Where does that? Why is that Aaron food? Aaron's having a big thing about burritos, that burritos are an American invention. Well, you know, nachos are an American invention. I know that. Mm. I saw a whole thing on the Food Network about Mexi that. Mexi melts are, too, I hear. Also, I'm not sure. Also, tater melts, tater tots. What are those things? Mexi fries. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, oh, yeah. Um... Or Rita is a made-up word. Also, the Choco Taco, not an authentic Mexican dish. You're kidding me. You know where Orida comes from, Tim? Oregon and Ida. There you go, Idaho. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Oregon and Idaho, Orida. Uh, They have a huge plant in Kennewick, that's how I know that. I I didn't think that burritos were an American invention. Are you telling me that Whitey created burritos? It's possible. That doesn't seem right. That's what Aaron told me yesterday. Look, I can understand that Whitey created nachos because they're trashy and terrible. I mean, they're great, don't get me wrong, but they're awful. Burritos seem like a legitimately good, uh, hearty, especially given how they're made, relatively healthful and satisfying food, therefore not made by the white man, Mm -hmm. made by someone else. You should get Aaron on the phone because, yeah, he told me specifically. No, I hate to say this, but are you assuming that just because Aaron is Mexican, he is an authority on the... The provenance he's, of all Mexican food. He's foods. only half a Mexican. So he's half right he's about a, this? He's at least half right. And he's half he's right about spaghetti as well. He's, pa- he's proud of his people. Don't even get him started on Menudo. Not the band. Uh, he's a spaghetti Mexican. My... <laughs> I'm sorry, I have something caught in the back of my throat, and it's laughter. Um, I was just going to ask this. Well, please continue. Is that like some sort of a... Uh, that's like a that's like a Pancho Villa film made by Sergio Leone. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> As we continue, Danny Trejo in. Um. Anywho, why is it that that food is called a small donkey? I mean, a burrito is a tiny is a is a tiny donkey. No, 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 no. It is. A burro is a donkey. Yeah, but a burrito, when you add ito to something, that makes it small. Like a small dog is a perrito. It's not perro, it's perrito. I mean, I don't speak fluent Spanish, but that's how, but that is when you, if you ask your mom, isn't your mom a Spanish teacher? She sure She would tell you that. Um, Yeah, when you. I don't know. I'm not going to take Spanish lessons from Rick Emerson. uh, Well, (laughs) I'm just saying I have. I I really find it hard to believe that the entire Spanish language, if you put ito on the end of it, is small. No. But that's but that is how you uh, that is how you make a diminutive out of something. So is the younger brother an Emarnito? Well, I, I don't think it would be younger, it'd be smaller. What if, it, if what he was a midget? Smaller brother. If he was a midget, yes. Emarnito. HD one. I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm telling you right now, burrito means little donkey. I'll guarantee you that. I will. Uh, gu- I will guarantee. 
I'm going to find somebody in the building who speaks Spanish this instant. You'll never find anybody like that here. <laughs> no, Tim, this is a... We have a diverse workplace, Tim. I don't know what you're talking about. That online test ordered, ordered us to do so. <laughs> they demanded that we diversify. Oh, see, now now Dave's going to be difficult. Aaron? He's not going to answer the phone. Oh, Aaron's going to be difficult. You know, even if it was true, Aaron would deny it just to make me look bad. You know that's true. Hello. Hi. Is this Annie? Yes, it hey, is. Hey, Annie, it's Rick. How are you? Do you, do you speak <laughs> Spanish by chance? Do I? Oh, gosh. Not not in a long time. Off, offhand. Please with the Office no, of Diversity. No, she said she doesn't speak Spanish, Rick. That's what, I, no, that's what I said. Offhand, do you know if there's anybody in the building who speaks Spanish? Oh, uh, not off. I can do a shout out. See if I can uh, grab someone. If if it, it's not a huge deal, but if if somebody speaks Spanish, uh, would you have them just uh either call down or you know whatever? Yeah, totally. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh huh. All right. There <laughs> Bye. The phone call will never be returned. <laughs> no, not at all. I thought you were gonna ask her if she thought a burrito was a little donkey. I'm not saying. I mean, I mean, clearly, like it isn't physically a little donkey. Like but I'm saying that's what donkey? the word means. That's what the word means, though. I believe I that is. Doubts about that. It's either T O for masculine or T A for feminine, right? Isn't that the deal? So it's. A, I mean, I'm reaching way back to like two years of Spanish that I took like a decade ago. So but, it's a male burrito. But it's a tiny male burrito. Okay. Sexy. Their motto, eh? Here's Tim Riley. So a burrito would be a female burrito. No, that's a burrita. Oh. A burrita. Let's talk about the nurse who was admitted to stealing body parts from 244 corpses in Philadelphia. Is this a corpse watch? I suppose it is. Here's your corpse watch, then, for, uh, here's your corpse watch. Hey, Romano. Thank you. Here's your corpse watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. I'm digging up phones. I'm digging up phones. Doing things that's better left alone. And then I think we have a, uh, I think we have somebody calling from upstairs about our Spanish question. If only Peggy Hill were here. All right, hold on a second. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show who might this be? This might be Susan Reynolds. Hi, Susan Reynolds. Do you speak Spanish? Uh, un poquito. Okay. Now, when you say poquito, does that mean a little? Yes. See, she's adding the, uh, it's the whatever a big the burrito. So, if you add the ito or the ita, depending on masculine or feminine, that is to make small, correct? It's correcto. So, a burrito, a burrito is a little burro. I don't trust the lady who just said correcto. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say correcto mundo, but yeah. whatever. Excellent. Um, well, you know, but I, it's like it's like a hot dog, not really a dog, obviously. A burrito, not really a little donkey. Well, I don't think we really know what's in a hot dog, do we? But well, that's another topic. Well, that's a good question. Actually, it wouldn't why, be a little donkey. Why do they call it a hot dog? Actually. Why is it called a dog at all? That's just weird. Because we have to we have to settle the burrito question. Okay, first. but technically speaking, like burrito means little burrow, does it not? Well, I think it does, and um, but in your face. Well, I, not I yours. Think, yeah, I was definitively saying it. I'm not I'm not definitive, and now I'm online. But a small donkey is a burrito. See, I like we're all I like we're all entrenched in it now. Like it's like it's like it's become a it's become a really angry point of contention here in the studio. Um, yes, all right, so you are online, and it does define burrito as being a little donkey. Yeah, I mean, there's all these various things. Can right. I call a small donkey a burrito? Does burrito sometimes apply stupid donkey? Well, you know, then you get into all this other stuff. Yes. Uh, but, yes. All right, excellent. So, uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that. Any thing. other questions? Any, uh, anybody? Anything about the CBS Watch magazine I can... Oh, <laughs> let me just tell you this. So, okay, no, 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 seriously. So while you're on the phone... Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we were talking yesterday about this absurd, uh, this wonderful magazine that CBS has started to put out called CBS Watch with an exclamation mark. Because we have all this extra money to spend at this it's point. Because apparently the budget, we are, we have so much money at CBS. We just, it's we, fantastic. It's really starting really to take my, on People and Us magazine. Eventually, we're actually just gonna have to start burning piles of cash. I love sleeping <laughs> on my money bed every night. Um, I sleep on a sleep <laughs> on a bed made out of money. <laughs> um, anyway, and so they started publishing this magazine. Uh, uh, which 2,000 copies were delivered here, by the way? Which and by and if, if, if we got 2,000 copies, it's like how many copies were delivered to I, I, I don't know 10 10 wins, you know? Oh, I, you know, I can only imagine because they called me to say, hey, do you want some of these? And I said, sure, we'll take some. Some it, it means to me like maybe a hundred, <laughs> not <Okay>. 2,000, <laughs> not a gross. And then when the guy showed up, and of course the little uh, the incoming receipt had my name on it, so I was the one responsible for going out there and trying to haul them in here. I, just let me, I can see on your back, 2,000 <laughs> magazines that you're hunched over like some sort of beast of burden. Like some sort of burrito. Like a burrito. <laughs> um, so anyway, Eric, the vending machine guy, came in today to, to restock, and he said that he was at Fred Meyer yesterday, Yeah. and they were selling CVS Watch Magazine right next to Tattoo America. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And he said he picked it up and looked at it and then immediately put it down and never thought about it again. Well, because he knows he can get... Two thousand of them for free right here. That's true. Well, I uh, perhaps we can market them to the homeless. Well, I I was thinking, you know, Rick, that we would be taking them out. Uh, we will be hitting the streets and we will be blanketing the city uh, with these fine fine magazines. All our problems are over. Maybe we need a banner to put up outside the building. CBS magazine available here. Maybe Three days in. <laughs> right, exactly. We could just you know we could drum up some other business. But you know, I was looking at the magazine because you can usually tell the success of a magazine by the number of ads. All the products in there for people that are about to die. Well, okay, but, you know, you do have, I mean, you got like five or six pages of ads right at the front. Yeah. You know, so obviously they made some money or they wouldn't have done it. Well, that's good. So your uh, stock price is going up as we speak. Uh-huh. All right. Thank They're not you. as bad as Clear Channel, though. Our stock prices are better. No, I, that I is true. Did you see that Intercom stock reached an all-time low yeah, about two like, weeks ago? lost like 62% of its yeah. value. That's bad. Uh, unfortunate. It is now, uh, it is now, uh... I was going to try to make an Ito joke there. Stuckito. All right, whatever. All right, thank you, Susan. Okay, thanks. Right, Bye, guys. CBS radio marketing guru. Meanwhile, um, back to the body parts story. Yes. A nurse admits to plucking body parts from 244 corpses for resale. Plucking. Mm-hmm. This happened in Philadelphia. And they were unsuspecting patients and more than likely dead. Uh, more than likely. Lee Crusetta of Monroe, New York, is charged as the lead cutter. And a group that prosecutors say trafficked and stolen and often deceased body parts. Okay, but more than likely dead means possibly alive. Yeah, whatever. This is uh, Philadelphia, though. Our prosecutors also accused ringleader Michael Mastiano of New York, who pled guilty. Three Philadelphia funeral directors are also charged with this. The plea allows uh, this person to serve sentences in New York and Philadelphia... For our 20 years, but not in other charges. So uh, this goes back quite some time. I'm still back in the fact that they're plucking parts out of bodies that are more than likely dead. Mm-hmm. Which means that maybe there's like a, what, a 5 in 10 chance or I suppose what, so. 2 in 10 chance that you're just sitting there going, well, uh, here I am recuperating. Well, I'm glad that surgery's over. I And then a guy's over you with a pair of tweezers and a spoon. That's mm-hmm. no good. All right. Here's uh, another person who's accused of using a butcher knife. Really? Yes. They're not even taking out the, the the organs. They're not even thinking it through. That's really a sledgehammer for a housefly at that point. Now listen to this. Pros- prosecutors said an X-ray shows how PCP pipe 
was put into bodies to replace stolen bones so that it, at the viewing, the loved ones wouldn't even notice the missing parts. Well, who notices missing parts at a viewing? Any, who's opening their loved one's bodies and checking out the bones at a viewing? Mm-hmm. Hold on, before we bury him, we're, we're never going to see Dad again. Let's take one last long look at his bones. Hello. But that's what they did with Alistair Cook's body. Really? Yeah, after he died, they they sold parts out of it. What What do you mean they sold parts out of Alistair Cook's body? Like at auction? Well, or like a guy in a back alley with a coat full of Rolexes. Exactly. What do you want? Uh, I got Rolexes. I got Alistair Cook's brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the jewelry. And, but I mean, so there's a guy walking around there with the bones of Alistair Cook, like in his body. It says here 1,200 bodies. And the tri-state re- region were harvested in a very short period. I hate that And word. sold to the same companies over and over and over again. <laughs> Wait a minute. This bone looks familiar. These brains seem suspicious. I've seen this brain a thousand times. I love the idea, though, that they're replacing the bones with PVC pipe for viewings. Like like families are going to go, and before you say farewell to a loved one, though, you just have to gander. I have to look at his spine one more time before we bury him. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. I'm sentimental. All right. Well, there you go. Are we done with that? I guess we are for a while. Jesus, there's your corpse watch. I'm digging up bones. I'm digging up bones. I wonder how they settled on PVC pipe. I wonder if they tried other things. Like Folgers crystals, and then they settled on, like, nothing has worked. Oh, my gosh, Jesus. Well, there's another story connected with this. Really? Would you like to read it now? Well, it's only a sentence. Okay, let's read it. But it pretty much is it horrifying? Well, what's this sentence? (laughs) This woman had a skin graft. It was grafted into her body, skin that came from unsanitary corpses. <laughs> skin from unsanitary corpses? Uh-huh. Yes. Oh. That makes me itch. And grafted into her body. That <gasps> means it was... You know what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Not grafted onto her body. In so other you, words... You have an itch somewhere and you're, you're scratching it and it's from a, a corpse. unsanitary corpse. Not just any corpse. An unsanitary corpse. I'm surprised that you wouldn't want that to be a band name, Rick. The unsanitary, unsanitary corpses. corpses. Yeah. A woman says stolen body parts made her sick. Well, I think that would. It made me sick, and I was only hearing about it. The, the best, but but in that sentence, note how it says, a skin graft into her body, not oh. on. So it yeah. wasn't like she burned herself and there was some scar tissue. Put a new thing on your elbow. Mm-hmm. Skin graft into her body. I'm thinking childbirth injury, and then uh, you know the unsanitary corpse. Which there are plenty of, apparently, over on the East Coast. No shortage of those. <laughs> no shortage of those. Uh, wow, this program is embarrassing and horrifying. Uh, all right, but you won't be reading this in CBS magazine. No. <laughs> no. And, I mean, uh, never mind. We really should, I mean, if, look, if they're going to... Uh, if they're going to invest all this money in a magazine called CBS Watch, mm-hmm. don't you think that we ought to start putting out one called CBS just called Listen? And that is, it is for the radio listening set. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I mean, they used to have those. I mean, I brought that one in for you that I found at an antique store. Oh, yeah, there was like a, that. A, an old magazine for the radio enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And not like the nerd radio, not like for guys who build radios, but there was, used to be a fan magazine. It was like TV Guide, but it was for the radio with mm-hmm. interviews from the various stars of the day and so forth. So, uh, all right, well, there you go. Um, I'm looking at the calls here. Let's see if we even want to take any of these. I'm sure we do. It's a talk show. Uh Really? Is that true, Richie? Well, that serves you right. Richie lost. Richie lost tons of money on his intercom stock. Oh yeah. Well, I, that that is emblematic, isn't it? Don't you? Isn't that? I mean, doesn't that seem appropriate, Richie? I mean, it's worth. You put than... all your money in intercom, and it all goes away. Ugh. Just like my rent. Huh. I'm sorry, Tim. What? 
No, I was. Did I'm, you own Intercom stock? I did not. No. Because oh, okay. well, I, I do still have my Intercom uh, 401k. Really? Yeah. Is it a 201k now? I haven't looked lately. Uh, let's see here. Okay, we've got burrito, burrito, and bacon. I think we've exhausted all uh, angles on this story. Uh, I think so. Let's take the bacon call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, hello? Oh, God. Sorry, that was my impression of Richie. Don't worry. <laughs> that was pretty accurate. That was good. It was, no, that was pretty good. Not as good as Timmy Ryan's, but still very good. Yes, what can I help you with, sir? i got to make it quick, Rick, but uh, Dirty Corpses sure makes me hungry. I just wanted to let you know, uh, uh, have you ever tried bacon-wrapped dates? Uh, you mean like dates a, like, like like the fruit? Uh, no, I don't think I have. It turns bacon into a dessert. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a southern thing. You take uh, take bacon partially. Write this it. down, Tim. Take bacon partially, cook it, wrap it around partially, uh, cook it, dates, and then bake it till it crispy and caramelizes, and it's 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 bacon in the dessert. I'm telling I you. I might try that. Here's the thing: I tried at this restaurant in Hawthorne. Uh, it was a uh, like a small flatbread. I forget exactly what it was like an herbed flatbread. And what they would do is they would take a slice of green apple, a slice of brie cheese, and then a slice of bacon between flatbread and melted. And it was unbelievably good. It was re incredibly fattening, but really, really good. So Sounds good. Bacon and dates. I'll try that, sir. Maybe we can graft the bacon into, into body. No, I'm out. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad no, we didn't hear that. Yeah, God was attempting to interfere <laughs> with the transmission of that final sentence. Here's Tim Riley. Guess who is the, uh, the most wealthy of all the girl singers? Now, is it Britney? No. Okay. Mariah Let's Carey? stop here. No. Well, when you say girl singers, do you mean of this last 10 years or so? Yes. Well, they can be up to the age of uh, 50, if not older. Oh, Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Yes. Well, that, yeah. Uh, four magazines, uh, cash queens of music, include Madonna, number one. She has $72 million in assets. Under her is Barbara Streisand with $60 million. Celine with 45. Shakira. Why is Shakira in fourth place with $38 million? How did she make so much money? Because she makes a lot of it in countries that aren't America. Oh, she's huge. she has a huge. Uh, well, that, yeah, those yeah. songs are like marketed to every country in the world. Yeah, no, Shakira is. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but Shakira is huge in other countries. I mean, she's yeah, like, fairly big here, but she's massive in other countries. Like, but shake to the left, another million of Bulgaria. <laughs> Beyonce, twenty-seven million. Gwen Stefani, twenty-six million. That's the thing that I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand when the vote was taken to love Gwen Stefani. I mean, you know, there's not that there's anything wrong with her, I suppose. She no. doesn't. She just doesn't seem terribly interesting to me. I, Gwen Stefani is one of those women where her success and her fame seem so vastly disproportionate to what she has contributed to the culture. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, I don't... You know the other guy, you know those guys in the band just hate her. You know, they hate her, and it, here's the thing about the guys in No Doubt. They hate her the way that you can only really hate someone that you don't like, but upon whom your financial security rests. You know what I mean? Where they despise her, but they know they couldn't do anything without her. Like they, they, they are chained to her at the ankle because without her they would have no career. But they just loathe her. So anyway, Gwen Stefani. And uh, number nine, number nine, Dixie Chicks. Yeah, no, well, well, eighteen million. It seems unfair to use them as a collective because there's three of them. But okay. And uh, Britney Spears, number fourteen with eight million. Oh man. Oh, let me just. Uh, do we have any other Britney news today, Tim? Yeah, we do. We have a whole barrel of it. Do you want there. to do a Britney watch now and get this uh, done? Let's, so let's, I can... let's do it over with before she gets in more trouble. Yes. Okay. There you go. Here's your Britney watch.
Several, uh, where would you like to start, really? God, I just have no idea. What's going on? Well, let me pick so. them at random. I just dropped a book, and I was afraid I hit a button. Oh. I don't think I did that. Hit the turn station off button? Oh, God, I know. All right. All these buttons are so close to my feet. And, and, and so dimly lit in the studio. Really, if you've been in the studio, you know what we're talking about. Unless you are at the counter, at the microphone... It, this whole set is like, this studio is like the set of the Charlie Rose show. If you get away from the light for even a second, you're just plunged into, into darkness. It's like the Temple of Doom in here. All right, here's uh well, let's just start anywhere in this in this Britney stuff. Uh, Britney was photographed sobbing and sitting barefoot on the pavement outside her Los Angeles home. Excellent. After running with her manager slash friend, San Lupti. Uh They repeatedly exchanged some harsh words over the relationship with paparazzo Adnan Gullab. And prompted uh, Britney to call the British photographer for help. As she sat on the edge of a garden bed, dressed in hot denim pants, checkered fedora, and an oversized jacket, a photographer asked her if she was okay. She responded, I'm fine. I'm sitting for once and having a nice time with my dog. Britney Spears is no stranger to odd antics, but her behavior on January 7th is particularly bizarre. A source tells usmagazine.com the scantily clad pop star showed up at the Beverly Hills Elementary School saying she was there to pick up somebody else's kids. Uh, the singer parked in car outside the school before 3 p.m. and spent 10 min minutes smoking cigarettes and talking to herself. <laughs> she was just really? rambling and confused. That's wonderful. Smoking cigarettes and talking to herself. She said, I'm here to pick up my kids. Then she changed her story and said, uh, they aren't my kids. I have a new attorney, and I came to pick them up for her. So she was really there just trying to pick up any kids she could coax into the mm -hmm. car. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, Los Angeles police made another visit to the Studio City home of Britney Spears. A security guard called police and reported that a number of paparazzi had parked in front of the gate in the 1200 block of Mulholland Drive. The shutter bugs were trying to get close enough to snap some pictures. When the cops arrived, they ticketed a number of photographers and cleared the property so the neighborhood could get back to normal. Sam Lefty, the manager and companion of Britney Spears, has said the singer suffers from mental issues and has been seeing a psychiatrist. That's what he told uh, Barbara Walters. Maybe she'd like a weekend show in KPAM. Uh, he said that uh, Brittany is suffering from what he describes as mental issues that are treatable. He says she has been to a psychiatrist and that he, I assume, is uh, or she is starting some kind of treat treatable with fire. Uh, let's see here. So I think that might sum it up. Okay, then I've just got this. So this is uh, uh, some irritating audio of Brittany Spears speaking in a British accent. Uh, this is her. I think she's at a stoplight. Mm -hmm. with the window of her car down. And so there's not the usual gaggle of paparazzi. It's just one guy comes up with his camera, starts talking to her, and the, the guy is British. And then and then at one point, I don't know why, at one point, Brittany, while speaking in a really irritating, fake European accent, starts suggesting that the photographer release gay porn videos. And I don't know why she says that, but probably for the same reason she smokes alone in the car and weeps while talking to herself. What's wrong with him? Nothing's wrong with it, sweetie. I was just wondering why you're not with your buddy tonight. Uh, he's not here. Excuse me? He's not here. Where are you going, Brittany? Is everything okay? Why don't you go film your friend? Maybe you guys can make a lot of money together. Gay videos are in, you know. Oh, that is true. Are you going to continue to sit here and film me? Are you going to be on your way? That's a lousy British accent. No, it's and it's that, that bad. And it, it really falls apart at the. I mean, I say as though it's really convincing at any point. It falls apart here uh, at the end when she says, uh, I'm not going. Let me just play just the very end of this again. At the end when she says, are you going to be on your way What's because I'm not him? going anywhere? Can you anyway? me? 
Are you going to be on your way? I don't know why I hear that, and I just want to set fire ants yeah, all over. Yeah, well, it's like you can roll up your window. Like, roll up your window. Well, you, know, the, you want to put a wall between you and them? Like, I'm sure you have a tinted window. And you know, here's what finally occurred to me this morning, and I know that people think we spend a disproportionate amount of time on Britney Spears, but what are you going to do? She is our Lady Die. Yes. So, what occurred to me this morning is this. Here's... Uh, you strip away all of the obvious inanity and irritating behavior that Britney Spears has. And the difference between Britney Spears and Paris Hilton, for example, is that Paris doesn't make any pretense of wanting to be left alone. Paris's whole thing is like, look at me, pay attention to me. She doesn't complain about it, she doesn't carp about it. Paris doesn't bitch about the paparazzi. Paris is out. Did you see that horrible thing of her, like, rapping at Sundance? I mean, Paris is out, like, everywhere, uh, you know, trying to get attention. So my whole thing with Britney Spears has, has kind of come down to this, that... Britney is constantly bitching about wanting to be left alone by the press, wanting people just to leave her be, wanting to have privacy and whatever. And so here's the thing. She has so much money that she really honestly, and I'm not, not exaggerating, she really could do what like Brad Pitt did and what uh, Anthony Robbins did, which is to buy like an island somewhere. You know, Tony Robbins actually owns an island in Fiji. Uh, just, just some small island with a house and a whatever and the staff. And if he wants to get away from it, he literally just goes to an island where there is nobody. There is nobody around. So Britney Spears has the means, the money, the opportunity, the whatever to... I mean, all of us talk about, well, I'm just going to go get away from it all. But really, no, none of us can really get away from it all because it really just takes more money than the average person has. Britney Spears has so much money and so many resources, she actually really could go live in a place quite comfortably where there is no one within 50 miles of her. Uh, where she would still, you know, it would still be plush, it would still be very luxurious, but there would be no one around. She chooses not to do that, which, of course, kind of gives the lie to the idea that she wants to be left alone. She clearly doesn't want to be left alone. She just wants to be on camera all the time acting crazy. And so there you go. So that, that, that's, I've kind of put my finger on why she irritates me so much. It's, it's just that it's clearly a lie when she claims that she wants solitude. So F her. Uh, there's your Britney watch for uh, whatever this is. We take a break here. Back after this, don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I'm sorry? Oh, nothing. I, I always enjoy my time with consultants. Who doesn't love consultants, Tim? There is no one who doesn't love consultants. <laughs> okay. Uh, here, uh, Richie, can we uh, track down our good friend Mr. Skin? We'll talk to him in a few. Uh, Kristen Bowie will join us here in the uh, studio, and apparently she's got an amusing anecdote that I meant to get to yesterday, and then just like, joined around and whatever. So, anyway, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. By the way, I'm looking at this sales one sheet uh, from us. Now, I should say first and foremost, we do really have a great sales department. Um, but it, how do I put this? So we've got these things called one sheets, and it basically it's just it's a like an outline, it's an overview of the station, and you know it's to take out to prospective advertisers who maybe are you know not familiar with the show or the station, and they want to kind of know you know where will my advertising be placed, what kind of format is my advertising going to be in the midst of, who still need to be impressed even though they received a complimentary CBS magazine. Yes, exactly, and so they take out these like one page 
overviews. It's like, uh, what is that thing being called? Like a syllabus or something or, you know, whatever. But it's like, that's exactly that what it is. Yeah. So it's totally, it's, it's, it's that, but for this. But here's the thing about not just this radio station, but any radio station. Radio uh, stations, both uh, on the on-air department and the management side, have uh, what we might charitably refer to as high turnover, uh, which means that from day to day, from week to week, month to month, probably 80% of the people who are working in any given department will not be there 30 days later. be a whole new group of people. And so you get somebody who writes the overview of the show, who is then replaced by somebody who adds their own thoughts to it, who is replaced by an intern who decides to put the whole thing together with, like, clip art, who then, and then it goes to like a fourth person who's never heard the station and who works in a different building who then puts it together. So what you, what you then end up with is this. So I'm looking, somebody handed this to me yesterday, uh, one of the uh, women who works upstairs. She said, so um, this one sheet looks a little bad and outdated, so I thought maybe we might want to redo it on Friday. And I thought, well, that's fine. Let me take a look at it. And she handed it to me. And so this is the one sheet we currently have. Now, I don't want to make it sound like it's the worst thing ever, but this is the piece of paper they hand to clients who know nothing about the radio station. This is, for many of them, their first exposure to AM 970. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so it's got it's got three different sections here. Format, programming, and audience snapshot. Um, and I'm not going to get all over the grammar here. I will just simply say that whoever originally wrote this subscribed to the school of just take a whole bunch of apostrophes and just randomly throw them against the page. And wherever oh, they, no. where, wherever they land, it's correct. So... Solid State Radio's daily programming, and it's like R-A-D-I-O-S, apostrophe, like at the end. And, I mean, they must have spell checks somewhere. Um, anyway, so I'm going to read you. Here is the format. If I was to ask you guys, what do you, what buzzwords do you think occur in the description of the Solid State Radio format, Tim and Sarah? Stimulating. That's a, well, that's like a KFI thing. Maybe. Sarah? No. It, 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 Hip? To be fair, they don't say edgy. Caffeine induced. Solid State Radio. Actually, you're making it sound much worse than it is. Solid State Radio is an entertainment-driven talk radio station. The it's just that it's sort of bland. The attitude of Solid State Radio reflects the active contemporary lifestyle. What does that even mean? An active, active contemporary, contemporary lifestyle. Sounds good. As opposed to like a sedentary lifestyle. Well, but contemporary makes it sound like they're alive. Like what is the what is the opposite of contemporary? The antiquated, the butter-churning lifestyle of our audience. Mm -hmm. Like I'm at home, like I'm at home weaving my own clothing. The attitude of Solid State Radio reflects the active contemporary lifestyle of its audience. It's engaging talk radio without political agenda. It's current events, celebrity interviews, specialty programming, capitalized for no reason. And now featuring, here's, by the way, here's a, here's a really ringing endorsement of it. Because, you know, we carry um, Fox Sports Radio late nights and then in early mornings. Not exciting, fantastic, stimulating, compelling, funny, entertaining. No, no, no. Now we feature the familiar sounds of Fox Sports Radio. That's really... I guess you'd be familiar with it if you were up early. That's really... But it sounds like a really... Like a, like a ringing endorsement. Like, think about it. You know, I, uh, the best thing about my wife is she's really familiar. They did send us some nice coffee cups. <laughs> They're very adorable. No, they sent us coffee cups and, like, some like 12-inch models of that Fox, that Fox football robot or whatever that runs along the sidelines. Anyway, so we have the familiar sounds of Fox Sports Radio. Uh, let's see. Um, and then, then there's us. So this is how they get to us. Solid State Radio's daily programming is comprised of some of talk radios. Again, the apostrophe, the apostrophe in the wrong place. Most recognized syndicated names. Dennis Miller, Tom Likas, Donna Mike, and many more. Who are Sa the many more? 
<laughs> That's the thing is, there really aren't many more, too. That, that, when, like on Gilligan's Island, when they say, and the rest, there are no and the rest here. There's just that. Fox Sports Radio, Dennis Miller, Tom Likas, Donna Mike, and many more. I would like to call the sales department right now and ask them who the many more are. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we change it to many more. But then, <laughs> with Brooklyn's favorite talk show host, Manny Moore. <laughs> Change that and see if anybody notices that's, that's like that old joke about bands trying to get attention by calling themselves free beer. We're the original artists. Hello. Manny Moore. Manny Moore, there's a fine program about mental illness on the weekends. Anyway. Let me Fo- get myself another seltzer. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio, Dennis Miller, Tom Likas, Donna Mike, and Manny Moore. Now... Ask yourself if the next phrase highlights this program as, you know, maybe one of the high points of the day. Zany. No. Unpredictable. No. No, it's not even about the kind of show. It's just describing where we are. Sandwiched in the middle of the day. (laughs) Sandwiched in the middle of the day. Wow. I want to listen to us. (laughs) Like so much cream filler. I mean, really, doesn't it make us sound like we're the sort of brown stuff in Captain Crunch? No, we're the white Fruit stuff in the Oreo. Are we? Really? <laughs> Sandwiched in the middle of the broadcast day is the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> Program director Rick Emerson, along with Sarah X. Dillon and Tim Riley, host their wildly popular Portland-based radio show. Uh, wildly. And then, and then down here, the audience snapshot. KCMD reaches guys between the ages of 20 and 50, which, as we said earlier, isn't really even untrue. It's just an odd-sounding demographic. Um, Let's see. Um, KCMD, now here's another weird phrase. KCMD listeners are consumption monsters. What does that mean? Sounds like cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) KCMD listeners are consumption monsters. Mm. I think uh, if we, we ever first. <laughs> I think if we ever decide to rename our uh, you know we have the glorious bastards for the uh, you know for our That's what we can call our station vehicle. The oh, consumption no, no. monster. <laughs> no no I'm already on bastard mobile. I'm already we're already working on trying <laughs> That's true you think I'm making that up. <laughs> Did you ever think you'd work at a radio station like this? No. <laughs> I always hope to though. <laughs> It was your dream. It was. It was. You said to yourself, oh, I hope I can work at the station just like this someday. No, I... It, then I pulled down the map, and I realized <laughs> there was another state on top of California, which I, I never knew was there. No, no, no. He, you think I'm making that up. But yesterday, I won't give any more specifics because I want to jinx it, jinx it. But yesterday, Susan Reynolds and I were talking about getting... A second station, because we have the, you know, we have that station vehicle. We have the Montero, which is really cool. Has the Viso thing. We were talking about getting a second vehicle and calling it the Bastard Mobile. We really are, we really are working on that. Um, <laughs> but the, but the listeners are consumption monsters. That's that, the worst. Doesn't thing that sound like a huge creature that gives you tuberculosis or whatever they used to call consumption? Isn't that what they used to call tuberculosis? Was she's got consumption? I'm sorry. So I'm the consumption monster. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. Uh, and then it has the uh, you know other facts like thirty four percent have have some college education just or, some or more <laughs> they consider the rest consider going to community college why would anyone ever want to advertise on some thirty thirty be sure say that louder thirty four percent have with that one sheet like yes. no I'm not saying in general oh no I mean the reason is as... a consumption monster <laughs> that's an that's an I I oh. as 
as, I? as Tim noted, I mean, our station, all kidding aside, not to be all about the glory of waxing our own car, but our, our station is fairly desirable in many, many ways. Yeah. None of that reflected here. Um, 34% have some college education, uh, and then Tim noted with some pride that 67% own their own residence. So there you go. Yes. Uh, they do make money hand over fist, though. I'll tell you, I actually just just to be serious for a moment, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at some of the new figures yesterday because they have you know market research figures mm-hmm. that uh, like our audience almost without exception either makes tons of money or is on their way to making tons of money. So yeah. there you go. When they're not busy being consumption monsters. Also, there's this really unfortunate picture of John and Jeff that makes them look like eight bit computer graphics. Look at look at this picture of John and Jeff. It's all the way on the on the right. Oh, I think that's from the 80s. No, but I mean... Does it have does, any pictures of us on it? Doesn't it look like it was rendered by an NES? No, you're not on there. You're, uh, okay. What did that guy call you? The others? You're the et al? <laughs> that picture of John and Jeff looks like it was made on a Commodore you Amiga. You look really grumpy in this. Yeah. Well, we there have been worse pictures. There are. Well, you know, that's from that the photograph they the used Charles in the Charles Manson gallery that they used to use back in the old days. <laughs> Last train to Clarksville, Whitey. Um, no, that photograph they use of me there is taken from the same session that that really good photo, uh, this photograph of me came from, the one that I have on my name tag. Uh, it's from that same session, and you know why I look all grumpy? is because that's the session that Jason Crump did for that movie Remote Control, where Joni and I are trying to be all edgy because it's like a serial killer thing. Uh. And so they've, they've, they've chosen that because there are no good photographs here of me. All right, so there you go. So we're going to... We're going to work that. I'm going to leave the consumption monster part, though, just because it amuses At one time, a long, long time ago, when we worked at Fisher, somebody in sales arranged to have this wedding photographer come in and take pictures of yeah, us. Yeah, I remember It was that like a million dollars, and they were terrible pictures. Yeah, no, I remember worst that things imagine. No, that was, um, and that was when Christina was on the show. Christina, who, a very attractive girl, photographs horribly. Yeah. I mean, I really did, you know, I, I was quite fond of Christina. She's very, uh, a very uh, attractive young lady. Looks like a fish when you photograph her. Photographer looks like a trout flopping on the sea bank. It really is true. I told you that um, my friend Delaine saw her at a wine tasting thing and that She's she was all, all knocked up. Oh, she probably she has a kid by now. No, of course. That's or two. The way, that's the way Jesus wants it. Yeah, it probably was her second kid. Probably. That's the way it always goes. Just get something good and ruin it. Uh, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> Uh, she's in she's in Bend. What is she? She's not even listening to me. Uh, Do you know she's in Bend? Maybe she lives here. Uh, no, no, no. She moved away to, to you know because her her husband was part of that. I don't know. He's bringing the seed of Je- or not the seed of the seed of the seed of Jesus, the the word of Jesus to the young people or the seed of Jesus. You never really know with that, with that church. Uh, hey, is Kristen Bowie here, Richie? If Kristen Bowie is here, would you uh, would you have her come into the studio? Uh, I think she's got she's got something to tell us that apparently is pretty funny. Um, About right. her meeting with the consultant. No, no, I don't think we're going to talk about that. Okay. I think that happened with another radio station, so we'll leave the consultant out of this. Mm-hmm. Hi, Kristen Bowie. How are Hello, you? Hello, I'm Hi. doing well. How was your meeting with the consultant? Was it productive? Oh, awesome. All right. We you, got pizza. Do you feel empowered to reach your target demographic and to have a symbiotic relationship with the listeners? Definitely. Okay. So, now you had some story that I, and I apologize, you wanted to tell us yesterday, which is when it was sort of a fresh story, but I, I, I kind of forgot about it. So what, I don't, all I know is that there was something about you and Crispin Glover and you being kicked out of some place. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so he was showing his new movie at a theater that also shows Rocky Horror Picture the Show. Clinton Street Theater. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't know if I should yeah. identify it or not. But um, he was also doing a book signing, and we were in the adjoining pub right there. And right. so they moved the book signing and us <laughs> because he was coming into the pub. 
And, and that, you're talking about the, 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 the bar that's right next door? Yeah, the one that's actually attached to oh, the that's just a hole. Is it still a hole? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's great. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it's all like bad formica and like missing teeth. Definitely. They yeah. have a great amber ale, though, yeah. so it's worth it. All right. <laughs> but um, so they move the book signing in there, and, you know, they turn off half the lights to make it even more eerie and darker of than course, the dive already was. Because it's Crispin Glover. Yeah, and put a candelabra behind him to make it scary or now, whatever. <laughs> now, what is he in town promoting? I, I, I'm trying to remember. I didn't see the movie. I met some friends afterwards. Right. But I think it's either called For What It's Worth or What It Is. Are people really clamoring for new movies from Crispin Glover? It was pretty busy. I was surprised. Yeah. He did a commentary, right. like a Q&A afterwards and everything. Does he still look freakish and weird like the Joker without makeup? Yeah, he's got the long yeah. weird page boy cut. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's, he, the page some... boy looks good on hardly anybody. I know. Any man. I know. <laughs> there's something really broken about that guy. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't function properly inside. There's something really off about him. So. Yeah. So Christmas, they're talking to fans or whatever, right. and um, they tell us it's last call, so we order our last beers. We already had a full beer, ordered another one on top of it. And then 20 minutes after that, some guy from the theater comes up and goes, well, I've been informed that you guys need to either drink up or move on. And By whom? Well, you see, what Kristen, time was What time was it now? This was right before midnight. Okay, but so yeah, it was like not nearly last call, like not no, nearly no, closing No, 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 not at all. And the entire time Crispin Glover's sitting there, getting increasingly, increasingly more and more uncomfortable that we're sitting there drinking. Sitting fire, setting fire to small animals. <laughs> I mean, I was like four feet away from the guy. Yeah. I could have thrown a beer at him if I wanted to, but... Is you know, this one of those things where, like, Mr. Mr. Glover needs privacy? I, I think so. Uh-huh. But um, some guy from the theater comes up and goes, well, you guys need to either drink up and move on. And I was like, well, we just ordered a beer. And he goes, well, we've been trying to close for an hour. And so, which... Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they never said anything. Right. <laughs> that particular bar you're talking about stays open, you know, yeah. at 2 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah, I know. I've been there before. But, um, so... Someone in the party I was with filled up their beer with another glass, and it foamed up and spilled all over. And I looked right. at them, and I was like, I'm really tempted to do that on purpose right now. Right. And they kicked us out. So, <laughs> so, and so now, was it was the deal that just that Crispin Glover was trying to have the whole bar to himself, do you think? I, I, I think he was perturbed that people were out there enjoying their Saturday night. Is it like, is like when Elvis would, you just would go rent a whole movie theater for himself? Like he would just walk up to the box up, and here's $2,500. And, and I have just, a feeling. The whole, you know, and, and the idea that Crispin Glover is one of those guys, though, like Andy Dick, where you don't really know he has what the what the DEA would call no visible means of support. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, how is it? I mean, I know this sounds really dumb, but what does Crispin Glover do for a living? How does he make money? I mean, I, you know what I, I mean? I know he's like, releasing a new movie, but, but it's no one, not but that often. I mean, clearly, no one will see the he new Crispin really Glover. He hasn't really had any commercial film. success since George McFly, anyway. I mean, so. let's. I mean, let's. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, I hate to pick on our Alex Akis because he's such an obvious target, but I mean, really. Well, Crispin Glover made a big comeback in the Charlie's Angels movies, and he was also the voice of Grendel in Beowulf. So, I oh, mean, I forgot about that. Because you think about guys who sell millions of records or whatever, whatever, and you still hear about you know they just have no money and they just you know it, it's difficult to, to you know because work is so sporadic. Kind of how I feel about Nickelback. <laughs> well, Nickelback as a whole. Don't get me started. Uh, yeah, um, I'm right there with you. But Crispin Glover's one of those guys that just sort of does, like Andy Dick, who just sort of seems to be around constantly sort of still in the celebrity sphere, and you don't really know how he maintains that. Well, good for him, I guess. I guess he's got a niche. All right. How old did he look? Did he look, did he, did he look like he's aging well? Because he's got to be 40-something by now. And he looks like he's 60. Really? Yeah. Just, just sort of... And he would not confirm that 
whether or not he was on drugs when he tried to kick Letterman. Of course. And <laughs> do you, don't you get the feeling that Crispin Glover and Paul Rubens need to have some sort of a reality program where they oh. live together? Where they That's both genius. just sit around with greasy hair and look scary? <laughs> uh, I think we have a couple. You don't have headphones, unfortunately. No. But I think we have a couple. Uh, well, let me get this call. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, kind of an obscure Back to the Future reference, so I wanted you to be prepared for that. But someone should have grabbed his book and, and uh, put it out to him and said, See there, bud? You put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. I'm sure he's not tired at all of being asked about Back to the Future. You should have done that. You should have peppered him with nothing but Back to the Future. No, you know what you should have done? You should have just, Crispin Glover, you should have done nothing but ask him Friday the 13th Part 4 questions. We actually asked if the bartender would put on the Back to the Future soundtrack. Just to irritate him. Yeah. See, good yeah. for you. I'm with you. All right, excellent. Thank you. Thanks. All right, bye now. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick, inexplicably, you're on the Rick Emerson Show about Crispin Glover again. Rick? Also. Hello. Yes, Rick, it's Mike Chase. Mike Chase, hello. How are you, sir? How are you doing? What's up? Just proof that everybody at Intercom is listening, my friend. Um, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a thing for you uh, about Crispin Glover. Oh, I thought you just meant in general. Well, that too, but okay. you know, you, you said you want to talk about it on the radio, so whatever. Moving on. Yeah. Um, the thing is, Crispin Glover had that. Remember that thing he had with Letterman back in the '80s, where Crispin Glover came on and did the karate kick and almost kicked Letterman in the face and yeah. Letterman kicked him off the show and yeah, all that. So Christian was just referring to that to where, yeah, he, he did this weird, it was almost like the thing uh, with uh, God, Richard Belzer and was it Hulk Hogan? That pro wrestler yeah. with, where the pro wrestler like did a karate, like a neck drop or whatever on Richard Belzer knocked him unconscious. But yeah, with Letterman, I do remember that. He came right, within well, so, inches. So yeah. I, I used to do a radio show and, and this was before the Dave Van Dam phenom happened on the uh, on the Stern show, but we used to have that guy that sounds just like Dave Letterman who later went to the Stern show, Dave Van right, Dam. Right. We used to have him, and this is not like I'm not super proud of this, but I was young and reckless, but we used to have him call up celebrities as David Letterman and, and have full-on conversations with him because he was so good. Right. People, people bought into it. Well, we did one of those with Kristen Glover, you know, and I have the tape and I just thought, would you possibly be interested in having that for your audience? Um, I don't know. Let's take a quick let's take a quick vote here. Would we... it's, kind of, it's kind of immoral. I, I feel bad looking <laughs> back on it, you know, but it's still kind of interesting. Now, it's immoral. now, here's a question. So if you had a guy who could pass himself off as Letterman... Well, this is the guy that was on Stern, Dave Van Dam. That like he was. There's no better impression in the world. This guy sounds exactly like who he means to impersonate. So if the okay, so so just so we can sort of back, especially because Kristen's not able to, to hear some of this calls. You don't have headphones on. So you, so a guy calls. Was it a guy? Did you say a guy? The guy called Crispin Glover as Letterman. Well, yeah. So I mean, my question, my question is, is that actually even legal? Because don't you have to have permission to record that? Well, but you didn't record it though. You know. Presumably I did, and this was years ago, so I don't know if the statute of limitations. That's true. Enough. So it's it's not really on me. I'm simply a journalist uh, observing on that. Right, right. Well, do um do you have it like on CD or something? Yeah, it's in my it's in my garage. I'll find it, and I'll, I'll I can even MP3 it to you if you want. Yeah, but, do that. Do that actually. I'd like to hear it. Yeah, please do. All right. Okay. All right, Mike Chase. Okay. Thank you, my friend. Say hello to the rest of the uh, intercom folk for us. I, I chef. Well, I just say hello to them now because they're all listening. Hi, intercom. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent win. Thank you, Mike. There you go, Mike Chase. Man, I'm watching this video of Crispin Glover on Letterman. It's painful. No, it's 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 so uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's just Crispin Glover bugs me. I don't. I, does? I, I don't. It makes me kind of sad. For who? For Crispin for Glover? For Crispin Glover, yeah, because he's all awkward and everyone, the whole audience is laughing at him, and he's like. I found that there's kind of this dichotomy uh, with me and with other people, where things that make other people sad just make me angry. 
Like when Crispin Glover comes on, and a lot of people are like, oh, he's just such a broken man-child. And I just think to myself, like, that guy has more money than I do. Oh, no, F I have him. no sympathy for Seriously. him at this point. <laughs> I, I just want to kick him to death and set him on fire. Yeah, I really do. I think. I think that you think that people have it better off because they have more money, whereas I don't, I don't deem that but just because they have money doesn't mean that they can't be the loneliest person in the world. Tim? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if Tim was going to weigh in on that. I think Tim would be solidly in the money-can-buy-happiness camp. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very sad not to have money. It's no, and, and it's here's the thing. It's not having money, but I mean, having money doesn't necessarily make you happy. I'm not even just talking It'll about... It me very happy. <laughs> Why don't we put it to the test? Um, no, my thing is not that Crispin Glover has a ton of money, because again, I really don't believe he does. Um, my whole thing is, when I see a guy like Crispin Glover getting a lot of attention, like on Letterman, which to be fair, he doesn't really anymore. Like, my whole thing is like, you know, there's actually somebody with talent who's probably backstage getting bumped because Crispin Glover's on stage. Like, there could, you know what I mean? It's like every time that somebody had Wesley Willis on television, uh, you know, in the early 90s. It, I just kept thinking to myself, like, there's, that, there's some band sitting at home watching this idiot street performer on television who is just a freak show who's not going to get on because of that guy. So, like, for every time Crispin Glover glows, goes on television... It's like it's like every time you go to Cinema 21 and they're showing some art film. What is this? Well, it's a guy who goes around dressed as a mime picking up trash cans while talking in Spanish about the plight of Bulgarians. And it runs for four hours, and Sundance loved it. And you're sitting there going, like, there could be a good movie here right now. But how much TV time is Crispin Glover taking up these days? Thankfully, none. Exactly. So the culture has voted. His torch has been extinguished. No to dislike him. Oh, well, no. No, I'm going to... Of course, except for, of course... I'm going to continue to dislike him forever. He's on the he's on the hate list for life. Because I do have to add, I've never been kicked out of a bar before. But, I don't misbehave like that. <laughs> but no, you're a very proper girl. So now you do have a story, though. You yes, have a story yes. about Crispin Glover having you kicked My out of a bar. My claim to fame. Excellent. You should embellish it over time. <laughs> oh, yes. It, you should say, like, over time, the story should become that he was uncontrollably picking at scabs. <laughs> I would completely add that into the story. That the details add the believability. All right. Uh, thank you, Kristen Bowie. All right. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back, and we'll be on time, actually, after this. More of Tim Riley coming up. Uh, later on, CNN Radio Correspondent Jim Root. More of your phone calls and everything. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on, boy, I really feel like a tool. Every, I have to tell you this. This is this goes back to Scotty J too. So we have Mr. Skin, who, really honestly, for like months on end, Scotty would forget to call, and so we would have him both Wednesdays at 1:30, and Scotty would come and go. I know, I screwed up. Like, I totally. I was going to say blue skin. I totally. I totally blew the Mr. Skin thing today. I'll make, and then, so I would get these calls from Mr. Skin's, like, reps going, like, hey, dude, like, WTF. Um, and so when Richie came on the show, Richie's been very good about getting him on time. But, of course, today, because I really didn't even mean for it to sound that way. He totally... No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> um, so Richie totally failed to call Mr. Skin today. He failed to call oh, I forgot and again. I'm surprised that guy will even call us anymore uh, well, after he, this stuff with Scotty. He calls us because he's got stuff. In, you know, he's got the, the, the show to, the, you know, he's like to pimp. And he's but, a relentless pimping man. I feel so bad, though, because we're constantly bumping him or forgetting about him or whatever. He's got to feel like we're retards. So 
Uh, it happened again today. So we're going to, and we can't do them at 2 because we got Roop coming up here in a few minutes. But we will get Mr. Skinner at 2.30 today. Jim Roop will be calling us just a few about the Republican debate, which is on uh, tonight on CNN, uh, hosted by Anderson Cooper right at the, uh, whatever, the Ronald Reagan uh, Library or whatever. So we'll do a couple things, and uh, then we'll get that higher on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing, buddy? What's up? Um, i got a spam question for you, bro. Yeah, uh, about the contest? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay. Um, once submitted, how do we know that you guys got what we sent in as far as a pick? How do you mean, in other words, if you submit it, how do you know we received your entry? Yes, indeed, sir. Uh, well, I mean, I suppose if you really wanted to be sure, you could, uh, you could send uh, an email to us. I, I'll find, in fact, just a second, I'll find out the email address. But here's the thing. Because you're not uh, emailing the entries, uh, in other words, you're not sending them to, like, spam at 970.am. The deal is when you get – have you already created your sculpture? Oh, yes, sir. Have you submitted it? Yes, I have. All right. Uh, when did you do that? Uh, last night. Last night. Okay, so here's the deal. As, as you probably know this, but for anybody out there, and, and I really, I, I have to talk about, I really must impress upon people the importance of getting, because here's the thing, you think it's going to be easy to sculpt your spam. No. <laughs> as you probably know, now without giving away any details, I don't want to tip your your hand to others, uh, what is, the, I mean, did, this, did, the, did the sculpting, was it easier than you thought, harder than you thought, or just as easy as you thought it would be? Um, I can tell anybody that actually takes it seriously, Practice with about three or four things, three or four different ideas before you even leap into it because you, uh, <laughs> uh, best laid plans and all go down real quick when you figure out that it's, it's carbon gelatinous goo, man. It's weird. And so is this, now did you have to abandon your original, uh, your original idea and go with something simpler? Uh, actually, uh, mega sized it and it worked out better. So you took now, but did you change the item, or did you just change the size of it? Uh, got bigger, same item, bigger. All right. Excellent. How many? How many cans of spam? Um, nine, nine and a half. That's impressive. Jeez. Now, see, the entries I've seen so far are good, but it's hard to tell how big they are because there's nothing to give it a sense of scale. Uh, so some of those we're not going to know what they look like until they really get into the studio. Um, anyway, long story short. Um, because we're not having people email them, and it was actually just for this reason, because the deal is you go to 970.am, and I think there's just a button where you hit submit, and you you know, you know find the image on your computer, and you upload like you're uploading a picture to MySpace or something. Uh, I, there shouldn't be any issue, uh, but if you really want, uh, if you can hold on for just... Can you hold on for a second? All right, hold on for just one second, sir. I hate to keep bothering Dave, but I really... I don't know. I, I'm so lazy. Dave enables me. I never bother... Hola, senor. <laughs> Hello, Dave. How are you? Uh, uh, bien. Hey, can you transfer me to Bridget, please? She. Si. Thank you. Come away with me. <laughs> wow. Hello, this is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. It's Rick and Sarah. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm Dandy. Uh, so we have a guy uh, here. Uh, in fact, hold on a second. Uh, all right. Hi. Hello. What is your name, sir? It's Dave. All right, Dave. Uh, so, Bridget, Dave submitted uh, a spam sculpture, and his question is, how will he know that his sculpture has actually been received by CBS. And I was saying that because they're not being emailed, they're being uploaded, the odds of it being lost somehow are slim to none. Um, but uh, if people, I mean, are you? I hate to put you on the spot like this, but if somebody wants to make sure that their entry was received, is there somebody they should contact? you want them to contact me or you? Or how, how would you like to handle contact, that? They can contact me. Uh, how would you prefer them to do that, or would you like to, uh, to not give out that information on the air? <laughs> It, it's 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 okay with me. Okay, how would they contact you to make sure that their entry was received? <laughs> Just shoot me an email, a follow up. And and my email would be Bridget 
L at KUFO.com. So that's Bridget, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-L, as in Lambada. Brid- yep. Bridget L at KUFO.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Bridget. You are welcome. All right. Thank you. There you go. All right, Dave. You got that? Absolutely. Thanks, brother. So there you go. Thank you, my friend. Good yeah. luck to you. All right. So there you go. So if you have uh, entered a spam sculpture and you want to verify receipt of St. Richie, can you drop Rupa call and make sure that because I don't want it. Otherwise, we're going to have the same thing happen with Lisa and talking right up into Steve's segment. If you can drop Rupa call, because I want to make sure he doesn't. Because seriously, if we have to bump uh, skin again, that it's just uh, he's going to go mental. Um. So there you go. So if you want to confirm receipt of your spam entry, uh, the deal is you uh, shoot her a call. It is Bridget L at KUFO.com. Uh, Bridget L at KUFO.com. I was just reading the prize sheet for everything that you win for winning this. Good Lord. This is the greatest prize we've ever given away, the, ever. The Monty Python thing? Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, it's badass. It's, um, There's so much included in it and everything. It's not just one little thing. No, and it's and I think just by being a finalist, because the deal is we're getting all the entries. There's going to be ten finalists, and each of them wins the Monty Python Life of Brian Immaculate uh, Edition box set, which is like this huge over-the-top box set for Life of Brian, which is considered by most people to be the best of all the Monty Python films. I'm a meaning-of-life man myself, but still. Um and then, I mean, the Wynn Hotel, I have never stayed there, I'll tell you that, but we got an email from a guy who had. It is, by all accounts, one of the best hotels in America. Um, and you get VIP tickets to the show, you get airfare, again, you get put up at the Wynn, which is apparently just staggeringly gorgeous. Uh, and the great, and not to be just continue to go on about this, but the great thing about it is, a lot of times, and I don't want to single out radio stations, but a lot of times you get these prizes where it's like, and you must leave Wednesday at midnight and come back Friday at 4 a.m. And, you know, whatever. And, and P.S. We pay for the airfare, but not accommodation. Totally. Or, like, and you know, it may not be used on a Saturday or on any alternating Tuesday, nor on President's Day. And this is not that. You can know, as they call as they call it, no blackout dates, no whatever. You can go go whenever you want, you know, do whatever you want to do it. So uh, entries must be received Friday, 3 p.m. Got to get them in by then. So this Friday uh, at 3 p.m. Do, uh, do try to do that. All right. From Los Angeles, California, ladies and gentlemen, please turn your attention to the West. Pay heed to James Roop from CNN. Hello, sir. Howdy. How's life, brother? Well, I'm actually in Simi Valley, the white bread capital of America. How? I was just gonna. I was talking to Tim about this earlier. How appropriate is it that the GOP debate is happening in Simi Valley, the home of the Rodney King acquittal? Well, plus, I mean, this is just in the middle of nowhere. The, yeah. the odd thing about this debate is that every other debate, whether it be Republican or Democrat, has been in the middle or center of something. Right. This is in the middle of nowhere. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful library. It's, it's a great homage to President Reagan, a great shrine, but um, it is way the hell out here. Yeah, and they, well, they've got now, is this, uh, is this correct, or did I hallucinate this last night, that there's actually Air Force One, like the airplane is there? Yeah, yeah. I'm, huh? I'm, I'm sitting right under it, as a matter of fact. Which is, I mean, when you think about, like, a presidential library, you envision something that's, you know, well, a library. Well, there's a whole pavilion that was just built that has both Air Force One and Marine One, the helicopter, in it, along with a bar, a restaurant. Right. I mean, this place is huge. So, and, and I mean, I guess when you are a president, here's a dumb question. Like, is is that a government thing that they give you a library, or is that like where, like, an independent agency... Does like how, how does it? I mean, you know, because there's all these there's a Richard Nixon library and Bill well, Clinton library. Well, the Secret Service protects it, so I'm guessing it is it is a government sponsored thing. It just comes and with everything it. comes from the president, though. It just comes with a gig. I, I it must. I, I I don't know the answer to that. I'm just guessing it does, just because every president has one. That's like how uh, that's like how I got three passes to Rambo Four. 
It's exactly like that. Comes with a gig. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So that is uh, so that's coming up tonight. And so uh, so Giuliani gone. Yeah. So it, let me let me just ask this because it amuses me. Is this is it the case tonight that Giuliani's not there, but Ron Paul will be? Please tell yeah, me Ron Paul's Ron, there. Ron Paul will be here, as will Mike Huckabee. So of course. This is going to be a pretty interesting debate because it's going to, McCain and Romney are going to try and make it a two-person debate. And, you know, the, the swizzle sticks are going to be Huckabee and Ron Paul. I uh, Ron Paul must be kind of sad now that his Democratic uh, his equivalent uh, Dennis Kucinich has gone home to lose his uh, to lose his run for Congress. <laughs> um, the the thing about Ron Paul that's so great though is I mean he's a lunatic and will never be elected to anything and his supporters are fruitcakes. But he's kind of great because he is sort of the uh, he's like. Ron Paul is like uh, Ed Norton's character in Rounders. He is the chaos factor. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. he's just there to sort of screw up the program, which, which I can what, admire. Which is what you need yeah. as like a check and, a checks and balance type thing. Exactly. Um, but what's great about him, too, and the reason why he's staying in it, I think, is because he came in second in Nevada for yep. crying out loud. Oh, yeah? yeah. So he thinks he's got a chance. Um, I mean, he really does. So uh, you've got Huckabee who is staying in, and I actually see an there was actually a, a commentator, and I forget her name. It, it escapes me at the moment. But there was a commentator on CNN last night who was making this observation. It's one of those things that, like, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm going to choose to believe that it's true because I find it fantastic. And the idea is that Huckabee just hates Mitt Romney so much that he is staying in solely to be, like, the spoiler. And he's, because he's not because because Huckabee's not taking any votes from McCain because McCain is getting all of those indie maverick votes and all of the conservative votes are accruing to or most of them are accruing to Romney, um, which is kind of strange in its own way. But the, the Huckabee just loathes him and is staying in just to continue to deny him first place. Is there like have, have you heard anything about that? Uh, no, I've, I've not. I mean that makes sense though. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But no, I've not. I've not heard that. Huckabee doesn't seem like a guy who would hate anyone though. He's just. You know, he's always. Uh, I like him just because he's he's the levity in the in the whole mess. Did you know? ever hear? Did, was it you that we played that clip? Or it might have been uh, like Lisa or somebody. Did you hear that clip where he was talking about cooking a squirrel in a popcorn popper? Nope. Oh my God. Oh, dude, you. I gotta find it right now while we're talking. I have to find a way to prolong this phone call so that I can play you this clip. Hold on. Uh, let's see. It's fantastic, and I forget exactly where he was being interviewed. I think it might have been uh, on the uh, Joe Scarborough. Was this recently? Uh, so it was like it was like ten days ago, <laughs> and where they're talking to they're talking to Mike Huckabee, who and who I guess he had something in his head that like he was gonna he was gonna like niche cast, where his whole thing was just gonna be appealing to yahoos. I mean that really is the only way I can describe it. I mean how else to explain the fact that he had Chuck Norris doing his campaign ads at one point, and he had Ric Flair, who was a professional wrestler, on stage, and he then at one point said, this is Ric Flair, who's going to be my Secretary of Defense. I mean, it was it was like all he could do not to pass out fish sticks to the crowd. Do you know what I mean? There you go. All right, hold on a second. Let's see here. Um, You know, the thing is, oh, here we go. Okay, so I'm going to let this cue. Uh, this is uh, Mike Huckabee, and he is talking to... I think Joe Scarborough here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let this buffer here, and then we'll play it. What's funny is as I was looking for this, as I was looking for this uh, uh, this Huckabee thing, I have to wade through all of this other inanity, like Mitt Romney singing "Who Let the Dogs Out." Uh, did you see that? Yeah. Oh man, the best part of that entire Mitt Romney thing, and it was on MLK Day, which makes it like even more cringe-inducing. So there's Mitt Romney on MLK Day talking to uh, a group of, of black prospective voters. He in the in, I mean it's so genius in the space of 90 seconds he a begins singing who let the dogs out b 
refers to a small child as being covered in bling bling. And then I swear to you, and this is the one that keeps getting overlooked, about 60 seconds later, Mitt Romney, who is perhaps the whitest thing that has ever existed in the known universe, at one point, you know, just the random black guy walks by, and Mitt Romney points at him and says, look, it's Michael Jordan, which is like even just saying it now. It makes my skin hurt. It's so bad. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is, I'm not making it up. It's, I mean... It's you watch it and you kind of back it up and you almost want to see it. Uh, as he figures those are Obama voters. So he's not he, going to affect anything. He, you almost, it's like one of those YouTube videos of like a painful skateboard injury where it happens and then they do in progressively slower motion. You almost want to see it like that. Like, Michael Jordan. <laughs> and then just the odd looks on the face of the crowd. All right, so here is Mike Huckabee uh, talking on the Joe Scarborough show, talking about uh, frying a squirrel in a popcorn popper. Like, you know, in the 20th century. So let's see here. Let me, uh... They do like people like you. <laughs> well, South Carolina is a great place for me. I mean, I, I know how to eat grits. Uh, <laughs> I, I speak the language. And, uh, you know, we even uh, know how to talk about eating fried squirrel and stuff like oh, that. Oh, so we, it, we're on the same yay. wavelength. Yummy, <laughs> yummy, by the way, yummy. Mika, I bet you never did this. Yeah. When I was in college, we used to take a popcorn popper, because that was the only thing that they would let us use in the dorms, and we would fry squirrel and popcorn oh. poppers in the dorms. Oh, oh. There you go. You see. It's a real Algonquin round table where he grew up. Oh, gee whiz. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, yeah, but there's there's nothing like making use of indigenous rodents. <laughs> you know, there's a man who I want to be president because he's good with natural resources. I was, you know, in the words of Clint Eastwood in the Heartbreak Ridge, he adapts, over, uh, <laughs> overcomes, <laughs> and improvises. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, you know, maybe there's some sort of redneck merit badge for that. <laughs> right below, like, uh, you know, putting women in their place or Jeez. something. All right. Uh, anyway, so uh, any anything expected to happen tonight? Is it going to be just the usual cavalcade of cliches and trite aphorisms? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think because this is the last debate before Super Tuesday for the Republicans, I think Romney and and McCain really need to separate themselves. They need to distinguish themselves as the conservative for the party. So look for especially Romney to start picking on McCain about that economy uh, comment he made. You know, the economy is not my thing. And then McCain has since that regrettable remark, has been trying to spin it as, well, I'm the guy who can take charge and make things happen and turn things around. But Romney's been all riding him on that thing since. So look for a lot of jazz between those two. And I think they're going to try and make it a two-person debate. So we'll have to see how good Ron Paul and Mike Huckabee are getting themselves in there. It should be, it should be uh, some fireworks tonight. And here's a dumb question. I may have missed this, what with all the Edward stuff happening. Did Giuliani officially drop out? He has not. Uh, he has not made a statement yet but okay. i think i think it's all but official and is he going to go is he going to endorse mccain we don't know that yet i mean that, that's the rumor but you know he's been losing so what good is that support now that's you know there's that phrase uh, that as soon as you're born you start dying as soon as he began running he just began losing he just like he didn't even know it just walking around dead and useless for six months well he's smart to, to to quit now. He doesn't want to lose in his own state. I have to tell you, know? you this. No, no, I mean, and how great and terrible would that be? <laughs> I have to tell you, though, there was just such a cottage industry that sprang up over the last couple of weeks about writing his obituary. Uh, you know, it's like it's like how the Inquirer a few weeks ago had, like when Suzanne Plachette was still alive, the Inquirer had that final photograph ever taken of Suzanne Plachette, Jeez. which was so great. you got to wonder if she's at home, like, you know, alive, reading that. That's going to make you feel good about, you know, not starting any long novels. That's probably what killed her. Um, but, uh, it, it, but it was all worth it. This whole failed $30 million campaign of Rudy Giuliani, which must 
rank up there like when, like the most expensive act of masturbation like of the last 20 years. It was all worth it. So the New York Times leading up uh, to yesterday's Florida primary could write the greatest headline in the history of journalism, which is Goodbye Rudy Tuesday. Mm. It was all worth it for that. Beautiful. All right, my friend. Enjoy the debate to whatever extent that's possible, and uh, we will talk to you very soon. Sir. Thank you very much. James Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wonderful. Excellent. So we're talking to Mr. Skin today? Yes, we are. So we're going to do these calls, and then we'll break. We'll come back with Mr. Skin, uh, Tim Riley, uh, Triple Geek Watch. Yes, I just found really bad pictures of Brittany. Not bloody underwear bad, but pretty bad. Uh, the stakes really have been raised for I bad know, I know. Like Brittany. This would have been shocking like a year ago, maybe. No, because she had already shaved her head. Let me, here, let me, uh, bad picture of Brittany. So is it simply bad aesthetically and cosmetically, or is she doing something horrible? It's a- aesthetically displeasing. Are we talking acne? Bad weave. Missing She's tooth. walking around in a, sh- in a see-through shirt. <laughs> uh, see, I know. Like, I, so I feel like I should post it, but... There was a time when that would have been so interesting. Now it's not even interesting, like, in a oh, bad reverse sort of way. There is said acne, too, and, like, black dreadlocks and red lipstick. You know, I know that I sound like, I mean... Look, I know I sound like Carson Kressley when I say this, but Jesus, that weave of hers has just got to go. Somebody needs to reshave the head and just start over and just wear a hat for a while. Go on vacation. I don't understand how the weave works because when she has the weave, her hair is really super long, but then sometimes she'll go out in that pink wig. Well, because the weave is a wig, right? Well, the weave, I thought a weave was attached to your hair. But I think it is attached... I, I, maybe, I thought it was braided or glued. Or but something. I mean, I think that's the thing. I think when they say weave, I think it is literally woven in like macrame. It's like it's it's like hair mac. In other words, it's not because it is an extension glued. Uh, I Boy, know. I sound so. I mean, I, don't, I I'm either happy or sad that I don't know anything about. Maybe this. I see her when she's getting her weaves changed or something because I'll see her, you know, out driving in her crazy pink wig, and I, the next day she'll have full long blonde hair. I think extensions are glued. And I think a weave, again, is just sort of threaded together. Because you can kind of see how some of her hair is knotted at the yeah. at the base. And I think it was Britney Spears that I saw a video of one time where she had the bad weave going on, of course. And she, at one point, I think from force of habit, tried to, like, reach up and, like, run her fingers through her hair. And it, like, went, and it caught about six inches in. Yeah. Good time. Uh, Let's do these. We'll break. We'll come back with Mr. Skin. Hello, Sarah Madam is the case, maybe. How can I help you today? Uh, probably a sir. Hey, Rick, Tim, Sarah. Just wanted to get back to the topic of uh, damning promotion for a radio station. Uh, back in the early 70s, KPAM was running a, a top 40 format, and they bought a bunch of TV spots, which, of course, featured uh, drooling mouth breathers staring vapidly into the camera. And the last person looks right, in, right into the camera and says, I like KPAM. They don't play music I never heard before. Really? So the question is, how would you sell an advertiser to that demographic of, of you know, a zombie that won't try anything new? Well, that's the same. That's like when you hear the... Uh, there was this thing that started happening in radio about 10 years ago, uh, usually with um, what are called bright AC stations, which is sort of a like a Matchbox 20, Justin Timberlake kind of a, you know, sort of up-tempo for soccer moms. And they started identifying themselves as what they didn't play, and it was the big thing was no rap or heavy metal. And so that was, you know, so there you go. Well, oh, I'm sorry, yes, what, yes? Uh, yeah, just one one other thing yeah. I wanted to mention uh-huh. uh, for for Sarah is that uh, those of us in the British Empire would never fry a squirrel in a popcorn popper. We always prepare hedgehogs in a bamboo steamer. Go away. Thank Sorry. you. Bye now. Bye. You know, I was going through my text message last night, and I saved this from Christmas for you. I made my sister um, email it, or send it to me so that we were listening to the radio. 
their theme, it was like some K light, you know, station. This is in Bremerton? Yes, in Bremerton. And their slogan was, the only rap you'll find here is around the presence. <laughs> uh, I've been saving that for a month. Uh, now I've told you, now I can delete it. Boy, there's things about radio that just suck like a hoover. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah. Please don't uh, talk British. What are you talking about? See, you weren't going to do it until I asked you not to, right? Is that what's happening here? All right. Hey, I, I I just wanted to mention you guys haven't brought it up and, and I haven't really heard a lot of play about it, but I saw on um, it was on uniquepeak.com dot com mm-hmm. um, a clip of John McCain talking about going to Germany and talking to Germany's president. Oh, and this is where he it was like the it was like the Vladimir Putin or somebody. It was like the Yugoslav yeah. president. He called him the German president. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. Just like Britney Spears walking around in blood-stained panties has really raised the bar for what we find horrifying, George W. Bush has forever raised the bar of what counts as political stupidity. You know what I mean? Let, let, let me just illustrate that with one tiny little true anecdote. If you walk into the break room here at CBS Portland down the hall from us, there is on the dining, you know, the, the table in the CBS break room a 365-page daily calendar, each page of which is filled with something retarded that your president has said in the last, like, seven years. So the fact that you can come up with 365 pages worth of gibberish that have come out of George W. Bush. The idea that J- John McCain might mess up the name of a political leader is not really all that stunning at this point, sadly. So, so was that calendar sent to you from the uh, Dennis Miller show when, when they came on board? I don't know where he was going with that. I get the feeling that was comedy attempted there at the end. Right, thank you, sir. Uh, take a break here. Come back with Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. 503-733-2970. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We got uh, Tim Riley coming up here in just moments. Tom Like is at three. Donna Mike at seven. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's wow, welcome to the Rick. Hi there. I'm a professional broadcaster. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, Mr. Skin himself. Hello, brother. How are you? Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hey, thank you for accommodating our little time snafu. Oh today. yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. Any, any, uh, anything I could do to help. No I know problem. in the world of nudity is uh, never a dull moment. Life <laughs> yeah. never ceases. Yeah, I'm very busy here uh, at the Skin offices, but I wanted to mention um, there's a, a movie coming out this weekend called The Eye, starring Jessica Alba, and it's a remake of a Hong Kong film about a woman who receives an eye transplant. She's blind, and it allows her to finally uh, see, but she sees into the supernatural world. And it's a typical Jessica Alba movie in that it's very frustrating from a nudity standpoint. She is nude during a scene in the shower, but you can't see anything, and what you see is not her, and it's just... It's it's just another movie where she's not naked and uh Well and, and she especially isn't she all pregnant and whatnot now? Well, now she is when she filmed the movie she wasn't but, but I mean it's you know Yeah, I mean, that's putting her on the shelf for another at least year, so uh we'll see, but it's uh, uh no nudity in the eye which opens uh, in theaters on Friday and I know a lot of guys would love her to do her first nude scene. Uh, I wanted to let you know I have 
uh, a group of skin scouts were out at the Sundance Film Festival. And what's fun about the Film Fest for us is they get to see movies that will be released in theaters uh, later in the year, and we get to see the movies that have nudity, and we can kind of report on them. And just a couple things I saw, a movie called Assassination of a High School President stars uh, OC girl Misha Barton, who many uh, many people are fans of her because of the OC and because she's young and hot. And she's actually going to make her topless debut in this movie. It's called Assassination of a High School President. We'll probably see it in theaters sometime. Now- has she put on any weight? Because she had that whole thing where you could like see her spine from yeah, the front. Yeah, she looked. Uh, according to my skin scout, she was very perky, if you know what I mean. So she looked I've, good. I think and I've cracked did, your code. Yeah. And uh, uh, another one that I thought your listeners might have an interest in uh, a movie called Mysteries of Pittsburgh. Not only features uh, Mina Suvari naked, she of course is the girl who was in American Beauty with Kevin Spacey, the cheerleader. Uh, she's been uh, very skingy since then, but uh, will be naked in Mysteries of Pittsburgh a topless scene, but Sienna Miller is also nude in the same movie, so uh, we're going to get Mina Savari and Sienna Miller, the movie's Mystery of Pittsburgh, so both of those films will be out uh, sometime in a way, and there were others, but uh, those were some of my favorites, and uh, I'll be talking to you about that more uh, as the year goes on. Excellent. I think we have uh, we do have a caller here, a question for you. Uh, Brian, hey, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Hey. I'm, uh, Mr. Skin, have you ever seen the uh, movie called The Forbidden Zone? Oh my God, that's a that's a skin classic from the old days. I was like watching a train wreck with gratuitous nudity. Now is that the is that the one with Morgan Fairchild? I think so. It was like no, black it's, and white. It's a movie. It's a movie that came out in 1980. It's a uh, it's an old uh, kind of a midnight movie, and uh, the girls in it are probably no one you've ever heard of. Uh, Susan Tyrell might be the one that's uh, the <laughs> most recognizable, but tons of great nudity in it, but nobody. Uh, you know, no famous people that were naked in the movie. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, Mr. Skin, always a pleasure. We will talk to you uh, next week, my friend. All right, Rick. Take All care. Right, have a great day. There you go. There's uh, Mr. Skin. Fantastic. It's like Rain Man, but with boobs. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of uh, Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, Jason Biggs has learned that he likes something better than pies, and his actress Jenny Mullen. Therefore, he will marry her. They are now engaged. Uh, Ethan Hawke, who was left all alone at home with his nanny, while his wife was out making a lot of money and having a good career. We're talking about Uma Thurman. That's not Uma Thurman, is it? Well, his former wife. Okay. Well, he's marrying the nanny, who was the nanny during the time that he was left all alone at home with her. And they're having Mm. a child together. Of course they are. He's all class. Yeah, so uh, let's see. He and Uma had two children together, and they were divorced in 2003 after five years of marriage. Now Uma's going out with a London-based millionaire named Arpad Bussin. Is is the R an initial, or is his first name Arpad? Arpad. Arpad? Arpad? Arpad. Arpad. A-R-P-A-D. A-R-P-A-D. Arpad. Okay. Well, there you go. Ethan Hawke's another one of those guys who I think unfairly I just hated for a long time. And you know why I hated him? It was because of Reality Bites. Oh, I hate his character in Reality Bites. I, I, I hate it when you're supposed to find somebody interesting and attractive. and Because they're an a-hole? Not. Yeah. Plus, it sounds like he, he's using a name that his, his mother I'm, made up for him back when he was nine years old. Totally. I'm glad we're all past that stage. Uh, no, is that that's not true, is it? What? Ethan Hawke? It just sounds fake. Is, is his real name like Melvin Probably. Finkelmeyer? Yeah. All right. Schwartzwater. Ethan. <laughs> Schwartzwater is hilarious. I don't think anybody's really ever named that, but that's funny. 
Schwarzwater. That's when I check into hotels under an alias. That's what I'm going to do from now on. I'm going to check into a hotel under a fake I name. I thought you were going to do Ned Ryerson. Well, yeah, but I said it on the air. Well, now I said Schwarzwater on the air too. What can you do? What can you do? And now you got to live with it. No, it's true. Uh, no, the thing is, and, I, and and you know, Ethan Hawke was really great in Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. but I sort of like forgot that that was him. Like I, I kind of forgot he was in it. And then Reality Bites came out, and he's just like, so I smoke my camel straights and talk like a dick, and, you know, and whatever. And then I just hated him for so long. And then I, I forget what it is that I, oh, it was then when I saw Before Sunrise. And I saw Before Sunrise, which is about as close to a perfect movie as, as, can, as you can see. Um, and, uh, and, and I saw that, and I was like, well, all right. And so it's like he came out, he was in the penalty box with me for like seven years. But then I saw Before Sunrise, and suddenly I, I you know, he's, he's done. And then he was great, and then he was in Training Day. He was in Lord of War with Nicolas Cage, which is a great film. So he, yeah, he's off the shelf with me. I hated him for a long time, but that's So you, you give this new marriage to the nanny your blessing. Is that yes, I do. Rick Emerson approves. <laughs> all right. All right. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Are you uh, going to spend the rest of your considerable news-gathering energy preparing information for the Masters this afternoon? Oh, I am. Yeah. I'll never stop. All right. Let's not wear the same shirt tomorrow. Well, that's uh, my my stripes are wider than yours. That is true. Your shirt is slightly different. Wait, hold on. Before you go, let's stand next to each other and stare at Sarah. <laughs> See if we can give her some kind of mental collapse. Well, Tim's stripes are a lot bigger than yours. I think that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's because I'm the newsman. I think my shirt, though, I think there's a reason it was on sale. Like, the shirt was only $9. You know what? Remember how we were talking about Seersucker the other day? Yes. That's the pattern that's on Seersucker a lot. I thought Seersucker was a function of the fabric, not the design. It is, but you tend to see a lot of Seersucker with tiny strips like that. Really? I mean, that's enough to make you snap if you stare at yeah. it too long. You're no, really I do. I, I'm like, right there, just right there at the borderline, if I look at it one more minute, I and might not be myself. And especially with your cord swinging? Yeah. Like it looks like an, opt- an optical illusion. Here's the thing. So I was ironing my clothes last night, oh, as, as I do confident in my own manhood so i'm there because you don't have your own nanny exactly um the uh so i'm there and i'm ironing and of course you know the ironing board is you know if you're looking down is maybe 10 inches away from your i mean it's pretty close to your face so i'm i'm and of course i have like a red hot piece of metal in my hand right so i'm ironing and i'm close enough to the ironing board and just for those i know you can't see it but it's just it's basically just like a gap button down with white and blue uh vertical stripes very close together and so I'm ironing last night, and I'm so close to the shirt, it is filling my entire field of vision. And I swear to you, at one point, I almost vomited and burned myself with it. Like, I was, ah! And I had to, like, I felt like Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to put it down and kind of step back. And it was like trying to watch the Blair Witch Project from a distance of four mm-hmm. feet. So No, it's, it's way too much. It might have started off at 75, then it was dropped to 50, <laughs> then 25, then the clearance shelf at 495. This shirt is sort of the brown tone of the clothing, uh, the clothing world. They had to get rid of it because it was killing people left and right. <laughs> All right. Hey, does anybody seen John McCain's daughter? Anybody know who that is? Megan McCain? No, I, I don't even. I didn't this, know he had a daughter. No, see, he, they kept it under wraps for some reason. I don't know why. Is Unlike, she one of the? Is she a lesbian? Is she one of the lesbians? Are you assuming that's why she'd be kept under? Well, that does. Uh-huh. That, the Cheney's like totally did that. They always keep him in secret. Like oh. I was waiting for that with Mitt Romney last night. By the way, because he's a Mormon, he sprays children everywhere. And so he was introducing. He's like, I'd like to introduce my seventy-five children. Here's Jed and Ezekiel and Thatcher and you know whatever. Well, they gave her a secret lobotomy I just to get her out of the way. <laughs> I kept waiting though for him to do that thing that they do sometimes. He goes, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Jehoshaphat couldn't be here today because he's and in your head you always go, okay. <coughs> you know, the Republican candidate finds the one child that is different somehow, and they put them in a re-education DACA for the rest of the campaign. But Meghan McCain apparently 
This is so frustrating. Okay, she, the, temple of the link speech. says hot as balls. Click here. I click on it and it takes me to Salon who wants to charge me $9 to see it. Oh, that's too much for her. Oh, hello. Yeah, so she is not She's not a lesbian. She is trouble. She's you can tell she's she a lipstick ha- lesbian. You know? She has some kind of, like, naughty video. She wants to work in a plaid pantry. Did we clap for Tim? Oh, Tim Riley. All right. No, that's it. She, she, I think she has a, a, a spotted past, this one. Or spotted something else. Um, Ew. Doesn't it? Doesn't it look like uh, Doesn't it look like her name ought to be Tammy? With an oh, eye. there's a. Mm. She looks. I mean, she looks greasy. She weighed a lot more at one point. Really? Well, that's. She has really pretty. You know, eyes. but that's not necessarily a, a, no. a detriment to me. She has really pretty eyes. She does. Before like I even looked green. at the photograph. Uh huh. Before I even look at the photograph, I know what that means. She has really pretty eyes. Really thin eyebrows. Mm-hmm. She's a sweet girl. She's um, a sweet spirit. Okay, now I'm looking at this other photograph of her. You know what she looks like? She looks like uh, one of those uh, hot nutcase, but it's kind of grubby teachers that's always arrested for banging a, like a 14-year-old boy. Like Deborah Lefebvre. That is exactly it. She's the Deborah Lefebvre of the political world. I'm not saying she has sex with underage. I'm just saying she looks that way. She She's... Like, you get the feeling if you gave her, like, if you hosed her off, she wouldn't be quite this attractive, that the attractiveness comes from the sluttiness. I shouldn't say any of this, because, you know, John McCain will come to my house and kill me. He's exactly the kind of guy that will come to my house, and he will beat me to death with a metal cane. A metal McCain? Yes. No? No. Oh. All right. Well, thank you for finding that. Salon wanted me to charge wanted to charge me, like, $9, and I don't care that Google much. Images is your best friend. It really is. Uh, do we have another break to take? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So we're going to take this break, and then we're going to have this awkward nine minutes in which we have nothing to do. Wait, hold on. No, 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 no. Don't have time to play American Pie. Mm. Wouldn't that be exactly enough time? Yeah, but we wouldn't have time to analyze it line by line. How many, how many minutes are we going to have when we get back? Probably like eight. Okay, we can do a high-concept topic. Now, I know it's not Thursday. It is Wednesday, but we will. Uh, this is a high concept thing I meant to do on Friday, or on Monday, rather. We didn't get to it. So uh, here's what we will do on the other side. Uh, because New Kids on the Block recently announced that they, uh, the whole rumor that they were going to be reforming, and then they weren't, and whatever, but it looks like they are. So here's today's high concept topic with which we can fill the rest of the program. Other things uh, from your, now that they're done exploiting my childhood, Sarah, your childhood would be defined as what years, would you say? Like Like from 10 to, let's say, 17 would have been what years? 90 to 97. So from 90 to 97, other things from your childhood that they will bring back to separate you from your money. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. That'll be today's high-concept topic when we return. Now that New Kids on the Block is going to be reuniting for the obligatory money-grubbing tour, what other things will they bring back from Sarah Dillon's childhood to shamelessly exploit her nostalgia for cash? It's 503-733-2970. Back after this wrap it up. Stay there to the Rick Emerson Show. Rick Emerson radio program. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson show. So what, we have, what, six minutes? Nine minutes? Something? Yeah, about seven. All right. So uh, we will attempt to uh, fill the remaining seven minutes with useless blather in the form of a high-concept topic. So the uh, the topic at hand is 
Other things that will be shamelessly resurrected from Sarah Dillon's childhood and fed back to her at three times the price. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Do you want to start with a suggestion? Yes. Yes, go. Oh, totally. It already has. I mean, I already just bought a novelty T-shirt in, when I was in New York. I think I'm wearing... Is it your gem novelty shirt? Are you wearing it now? Is that instant old? Is that an instant retro I shirt? I got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not old. No, it's like a long-fitted T-shirt. But, I mean, it's not... It looks... It's not black. It's, it's kind of gray. But I guess what I'm saying is it's artificially aged. Yes, and it has, like... It's the best shirt ever because it has the concert tour date... Of course it on does. ...on the back, and... Yeah. You know what they should do is they should put out a new gem single. They should put out. They should reissue the gem doll, but for like adults. Oh my gosh! Reissue the gem doll for grown-ups. I would rebuy the Rock and Roadster again and just, just <laughs> have it on my mantle and have all of them hanging out. I am a dork. Yes, you are. Welcome to my world. Welcome to the world of every guy in the audience. As will... I sit at home and set up my lost hatch set. Yes. Oh man. You're like every guy in the audience will buy anything they sell him as long as it has the face of Boba Fett or Gene Simmons on it. Uh, all right, so the high concept topic is uh, what else from Sarah's childhood will be resurrected and sold back to her? Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's up? Uh, hey, what's, what's up? I happen to say MacGyver. Now, see, MacGyver is now see MacGyver's interesting because that MacGyver is not just a thing from Sarah's childhood. I mean, it is from that era, uh, but it's also guys loved MacGyver. I mean, I think I think girls liked it because he was sort of like he was kind of a good-looking, kind of you know rugged, sort of brainy he, kind of guy. He's past the test of time. He's still a good-looking fella. Really? Let me see. Hold on. Let's see. Right. Let me look. Make him a little bigger. Let me, oh, uh, Scott Bakula, why are you teasing us? The, the picture won't load. No, he's that is a show. I'm amazed that they haven't brought MacGyver back already. I'm Especially still, with no, Skyrider. He's handsome. You know, he still looks good. He still looks good. He's not trying to artificially look young. I mean, he's allowing himself to age, but he looks decent. Scott Bakula and I have the same birthday. Oh, you have everything in common. Maybe you should email him. Maybe you should be his number one fan and keep him in a cabin and then break his ankles. I'm sorry. Uh, no, okay. Mag Mag MacGyver, you're right, sir. And also, another one I think was the A-Team. The A-Team. Well, I think they're doing an A-Team movie right now. See, this is how sad uh, marketing is. That it, All of these things that we're suggesting are probably in the works now. They are actually making an A-Team movie, which I think is going to come out next year. I'm amazed that they haven't done. Oh my god! You know what they ought to do? Okay, I don't know whether they. You know, we we see we have MythBusters. I am surprised. MythBusters did this whole thing about James Bond last week. Um, I'm amazed that they haven't either done a one-off series or a MythBusters mini-series where they just reenact MacGyver stunts to see if they could really be done. I would totally watch that. Attention, FX, do that like today. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey Rick. What's First up? off, nobody can touch the fall guy. Second the of all, fall guy. I, think gonna, I think they're going to bring the Esprit bag back for it. Sarah, the Esprit, Esprit bag and bum equipment. Oh, bum equipment. Uh, There's some bad photographs of me wearing some bongo jeans. Oh, I don't even think they made bum equipment shirts for guys. I think I was dating a girl who had a sweatshirt that I would occasionally wear to work. I had one bum equipment uh, uh, like long sleeve shirt and uh, one Esprit sweatshirt that was bright purple with white uh, letters. The, the, the Esprit bag that's like, it's all huge. huge. Looks like a Trader Joe's flannel grocery bag. All right. Yes, sir? Rick, I, I pegged you for more the Genera hypercolor kind of guy. No, but thank you. Thanks for playing. No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. What else will be marketed to Sarah Dillon as she ages? Hey, keep this in mind as you try to sleep at night. Yes. Somewhere, you know Ben Stiller is trying to write some sort of kooky movie where he will play one of the kids on Saved by the Bell. 
So, well, I, we were talking about this the other day. That was yesterday. I, you brought up that episode. Not even on the air. We were talking during a break, and I said that they probably won't do a Save by the Bell reunion movie as such, at least not right away. They might do another, like, sort of a, as like an ironic, wacky one later. But you know it's only a matter of time till they create some film, and the gimmick for the marketing will be that it stars, like, three of the cast members from Saved by the Bell. The movie will have nothing to do with it. It'll be like, for the first time on screen, you know, since 1980-whatever. You know, whenever it is that show went off the air. They Maybe will totally do that. Play Mr. Belding. Uh, and you oh. know he's crass enough to do it. You're on to something, sir. Thank you. They'll have Dustin Diamond. He'll be the only guy still in the movie. Totally. The only <laughs> original member. All right, thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What else from Sarah Dillon's childhood will inevitably be uh, marketed back to her? Well, I wanted to agree with the MacGyver, but she's uh, kind of mistaken on who the actor of MacGyver was. It's not Scott Bakula. It's what's his name? It's Richard... It's Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson. Damn it. Who was I thinking about did, uh, Scott Bakula? You're thinking of Scott Bakula, who was in that movie with Tim Riley. Tim Riley's Scott Bakula. No, I Google. Oh, oh I you. am thinking of the wrong guy. You're thinking of the other guy. Oh, yeah, Richard Dean Anderson. probably is not that hard. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Or not, as the case may be. Hello, hi, you're what on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, you know, he's you're on Babylon about Big 5, Dork. wasn't he? What? You know, you're talking about Big Dorks. I happen to be a Big Dork because MacGyver was not Scott Bakula. It was Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, no, we, no, we just, yeah, no, 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 we just clarified that. Yeah, that, that was yes. Quantum Leap guy. All right, Scott, Quantum, Quantum Leap, Leap, that's what it was. All, the time. Yeah. all right. Really? You watch Quantum Leap? Oh, yeah, and I would watch that, and it was back to back with 21 Jump Street. Good for you. You know, Becca's a big Quantum Leap fan as well. Excellent. Well done. 21 I Jump Street. I got them confused. All right, thank you. You got a color about a thought. Ha, totally. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Red and, and Varney Sunglasses. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, I was going to say that Saved by the Bell, but they'll have Screech playing the uh, principal. <gasps> that is completely true. That'll totally happen. It'll be like a welcome back Cotter meets ass kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be some embarrassing video of him, you know, that the kids will find. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, do you remember that weird time when, when he had a sex video out? Yeah. yeah Boy, then... what a weird thing that we all live through. We're Screech put out a sex video that I watched. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Never mind. You guys answered my the question. Yeah. I'll just call me the quantum leap. Sorry. Uh, I'll just let you get back to drinking. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hey, Dolly Pops is, uh, you were talking about it yesterday and you called it like Locket something. Anyway, it's Paul Mall and you love Dolly Pops. Dolly Pops. Sarah? Dolly Hi, Pop, Kevin. Pop hey. what, what are Dolly Pops? I have no Dolly idea. Dolly Pops, it looked like a locket, but you, you poked it inside out and a little girl came out and you had the Dolly Pops. Oh, Polly Pockets? Out. You poked it inside and a little girl came out. <laughs> Dolly Pops. Mark my words. Yeah, okay. I regret nothing. Final call of the day, I think. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Mr. Emerson. Please don't uh, talk about poking or girls coming out of anything. No, no. Um, I was actually going to speak about Mythbusters and uh, MacGyverism. Yes. And they they said last season that they will do an entire show of MacGy MacGyverism. Excellent. Fantastic. I want a whole series of that. All right. Uh, thank you. No time to be uh, fair to another caller. Got to move on. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents, uh, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, and James Roop, as well as Mr. Skin. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dorothy Carcassari for the National Inquirer. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. Proud part of the CBS Radio family, the Tiffany Network. Uh, in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn, the imagerist is Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Tom Like is next. Donna Mike at 7. Uh, watch out for snakes. See you all tomorrow at 11. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Thank <laughs> you.